I know it's a catchy little jingle. We're gonna need uh, we're gonna need to freshen up the lyrics when the White Sox meet. Yeah, I think we're gonna need like a like a country song. Like, oh, well, I have the perfect scenario when we when we start talking about. It. Come on down to Nashville and watch the White Sox play. Friendly faces everywhere. Humble folks, no damnation. Come on down to Nashville. Okay, sorry. I told you guys, eight o'clock sharp. We're on time. We're not time show. Sharp. We've always been. We've always been. Yes, an on time show. Pinwheel right. is on time. <laughs> everyone, I think that's what everyone associates our show with. You know, when they're like, <laughs> you know, you guys are as prompt as pinwheels and ivy because we are always on time. That main pick, although, is chef's kiss that, that might be some of your <laughs> finest work here hold on i gotta save that so i can randomly put it up during the show see even Holy my dogs God. even my dogs are pissed off man the pot jerry has upset the puppies it's the new holy trinity for the white Sox. yep <laughs> jerry has upset the puppies hold on it that is insane how being a white Sox fan you guys get like less than 12 hours to enjoy anything yeah it's, it's uh, like almost immediate celebrate and then you get like the update an hour later and you're like why wait no yep. stop wait yep that's uh it's all that's a pretty accurate description of it um hold on let me save this and then we can get rocking and rolling here by the way if you're on youtube if you want no pressure super chats are on should be on you guys want shit yeah right. getting them pockets you cheap bitches <laughs> <laughs> or or this is our make me a bicycle clown um uh... <laughs> i was trying to once kevin gets on we need to try to convince him to uh agree to getting a tattoo like, like once we, we get, get a, a certain yeah we get I a think... certain amount of money and he has to get a tattoo by then what did i just save this picture i'm doing like way too many things at once nashville there you go all right there where there it is all right okay for those of you that wayne was asking if we were going to get to the socks location stuff we're getting to that too oh this might be strap in folks this might be a long show uh that's why i'm current this is i'm old so for me to be drinking a red bull after 8 p.m that's dangerous shit right there (laughs) let's just put it that way that is dangerous for an (laughs) all-nighter yeah look at that look at that we just leave that up the whole show. Mm. Look at that asshole's flat top. He just looks. Oh my Dude, god! Dude, what a haircut! Like, what an asshole! But we're gonna get to that guy in a minute. So, all right. Whoop, whoop. Shout out, Drew. Fids, perfect timing. Perfect time. Oh, Las Vegas internet. Las Vegas internet. Oh. <laughs> all right. For every donation, Kevin does a bump. Uh, <laughs> we got we got to step it up. The one away guys do a drink. We they do a drink. Yeah, I know. I want to. I mean, that's like such like the go-to move. Anytime you get a super chat, is be like, "Cheers, thank you." Right, Fids. We're we're collecting money for Vegas internet. Are you alive? Blink twice nope, if no. you're in. <laughs> blink twice if you're in Milwaukee. Kevin's been kidnapped. Go to your settings, man. They had I had to redo my audio in the settings too.
By the way, this is Prime Access. We still, we still haven't yeah. even started the show, but this is we still the pregame. Show. We, still, we haven't even started yet. We just want to make sure we were here at 8 o'clock, so yeah. <laughs> There's a new, the new era. We'll do like a little a little 10-minute uh, pregame every time. Yep. Drew, you are going to go down in history as the first person to super chat Pinwheels and Ivy podcast. So thank you. I'm going to go buy chance. a Wendy's cheeseburger with that and celebrate uh, inflation buddy you, you'll get like three quarters of it <laughs> oh shit god damn it it is cool is i didn't it? even know how it would show you can get up a mcchicken little... right mcchicken for two bucks i think so there you go i don't know i have no idea uh i don't know if i'm gonna be able to go on dude if it's even close to as hot out as it was today you couldn't pay me to go to a white Sox game you gotta get the dylan sees bobblehead although it was feels like 116 today. Soft. I had yeah, 110 I'm, for 32 I'm straight days. Very soft. Extremely soft when it comes to this. I am a fat white dude in the Midwest. How I am many, not made for How many White Sox fans were yelling at Kopech because he had leg cramps because it was that hot? A lot. And he had I, saw, I saw a couple. <laughs> and then I also... You're not getting out of this one. I also saw a couple Cubs fans make attendance jokes, and I was like, it's Wednesday Ooh, at 2 right. o'clock in the afternoon, and it's 116 degrees out. We're getting angsty. We're getting angsty. No we're shot to make the playoffs. Tough, tough, close games. No one's going to that game. All right. Well, while Fitz figures it out, although, let's just get it popping because we got a lot to talk about. So, All right, that's, that's uh, three, two, one. What's going on, everybody? You have – oh. Start again. I'm so excited. And I also forgot to turn my TV off and it just distracted me like a kid with ADD. Um two dollars right. for that mess up. Two dollars for that mess up. We have to we have to give the money back to Drew now. Yes, I think that's how this works. I'll have to find that button. Free build of the favorites. We here for the latest. Yeah. South side or the north side. Not tuned to the greatest. Home team for the home teams. Both sides got our own rings. On the mound on the long ball. But we don't put the wrong strings. Yeah. It's that time of the year now. Wrigley or Gantee, so the whole league that we hear now. New show with a new mood. Discussions and interviews. Trade rumors that might be. This is Pinwheels and Knife. Yeah. This is what you waiting for, yeah. You can put it on the boy, yeah. Every season, nigga, it all change. Take me out to the bar game. This is what you waiting for, yeah. You can put it on the boy. What's going on, everybody? It is Thursday, August 24th, and you have found the Pinwheels and Ivy podcast. I am your host, Matt Swaski, a.k.a. Southside Zoe. A.K.A. Father Zoe, and with me, as always, from day one, Mr. Aldo Soto. Just picture this. It's opening day, 2030. Uh, we're at Nashville Ballpark. It's the it's the Kansas City Royals against the Nashville White Royals. Yep. Um, big, uh, rivalry. Get, big rivalry. Big rivalry. Huge the new rivalry. AL South, Middle South Central. Yeah. Um, big rock Oliver here. Anthony singing the anthem in Nashville. The Don't crowd even is, is going bananas. 
Can you smell it, Zeb? Oh, wait, that's the guy that has the rich yeah, man. Good. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I like that guy, even though he looks like he's going to pass out while he's singing. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Fitch just sent us a video. Oh, his computer's rebooting. Um, yeah, so Fitz is figuring out his computer. Young Mitch. Happy, happy Kenny Williams, Rick Hahn, Fire Day, slash Dayton Moore Royals are in town. Hopefully Day. not. Wait, hold on. Uh, young Mitch is paying his dues, so he's got to work the the night shift. Uh, he's gonna hopefully pop in in a little bit, and then also a special mystery guest is hopefully we get Herb Lawrence is gonna uh, stop on by in a little bit. So ho- hopefully, hopefully oh. he had prior commitments. He's gonna try to do two shows in one night because he's if not pro. tweet at. Herb and tell him we want you on Pinnacles and Ivy, <laughs> but not too much. Don't bother. Don't bother the man too. Much. Hey, there's a guy in the comments named Kevin Fiddler. He should probably super chat us. Super um, chat. We're only gonna post your uh, your chats if you do. Eh? I'm just <laughs> so the the really funny thing is, out of all this, I was driving around on Monday, which I do every day, as you guys know from my many car videos I put up. And it dawned on me that I honestly hadn't, I didn't know what I was going to talk about tonight. I'm like, the White Sox sucks. They're sad. They make me sad. They make my puppy sad. Everybody's sad. And I just don't want to be sad on this show. It's just not my thing. So I was asking the audience to give me things that we can talk about because I know the Cubs are kind of on a seesaw for the wild card and all that, you know, but we do have a, a very vocal White Sox crowd that gets in our chat. Hey, as long as you're here. And uh, I just wanted something to talk about. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> be careful what you wish for. Later. 24 <laughs> hours later, I'm on the golf course in my league playoffs. And all of a sudden, my phone in the golf cart, I'm like approaching the ball, ready to go hit a shot. And just, although you were actually the person that broke the news to me. There you go. Shout out all though. I just got, I look at my phone and the first thing I see is in all caps, they fucking fired Rick and Kenny. (laughs) I could not believe it. The craziest part was that it came, the White Sox tweeted it first. Like it didn't come out from a reporter. No no one. It wasn't, it wasn't Nightingale. It wasn't passing. It was just the White Sox, you know, black background, white lettering text. And and I'm like, wait, wait, I'm reading it. And I'm like, wait, What? I couldn't believe it finally happened. Yeah. I Well, to be honest with you, although, you know I love you, buddy. You're like a brother to me, but you do like to fuck with me. So <laughs> I, I thought you were fucking with me. I and would have so... sent it immediately. I, like, read through. I'm like, wait, wait, wait. No, 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 Like, are they, like, taking a step back for now? Because, like, they're still getting interviewed or whatever the hell Jerry was doing. I was like, wait, or, wait, no. But I'm like, wait, no. Relieved. That's fired. They're gone. They're out of it. Yeah. So I see that, and then I'm just like, all right, wait a minute. It's all, though, so hold on. So I go And then on Mitch Twitter. was like, what? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Mitch couldn't I go, believe. I go on Twitter, and it's just, like, memes and celebration videos. Missy's got the little DJ doing his, like, <laughs> cla- he claps with his fist. I always notice that video. It felt like it, the end of Return of the Jedi. There he is. There he is. I kind of did. That's a good way to put it. And so but yep, yep, yep. I have the Jeff Passan uh, alert salon from the trade deadline because I'm lazy and I never turned it off. So in my 
whatever my notifications it was his jeff passan has a new tweet and i clicked on that and it's like the white Sox have relieved i was like holy shit so i took that little video on the golf cart because i just couldn't believe that it actually happened and the guys i'm playing with uh they know what i do they know the deal they know the show I'm like, don't you got to get on like a live chat or anything like that? And I was like, that's not a terrible idea. I was going to call you guys up to do like an emergency show. And then I went back on Twitter and I saw literally everybody who was doing an emergency yeah, podcast. Was- so I'm like, that's not even worth it. You know, I think they actually birthed multiple podcasts during those <laughs> other yeah. podcasts. I don't doubt it. There's probably. I mean, your five second video of they finally did it and just cackling into the camera was perfect. <laughs> yes. I mean, that was all I wanted to say. So that was my emergency podcast. So you're welcome, everyone. Um, a sweaty video of me saying they fucking finally did it and laughing. But I mean, I know you're being humble right now, Zoe, but good, good golf day, too. It was, yeah, it was a really good golf day. Good golf. <laughs> it's a real infusion. Zoe is a menace on the golf course. But um, <laughs> yeah, it was. It, I just, I couldn't believe it. It was wild. Twitter, White Sox Twitter was a It was movie. alive again. It was, Nobody a scene, was tweeting dude. It was an absolute scene. <laughs> it felt so good. Like, and as I was golfing, I hit a shot and it was pretty decent. And then I, I'm up to my, uh, I drive the car up to my ball and the, the other guy is going to hit his shot. And I was so happy that I just started dancing. I'm sitting on the was golf the course. Field? Was it the Rodney Dangerfield dance? I don't even. I was just like wiggling my ass because my son's <laughs> new thing is he likes to shake his butt. He thinks it's hilarious. So right. I started just doing the the Brody butt shake and like I was like dancing. They looked at me. They're like, "What are you doing?" I'm like, "They fucking fired them." <laughs> I was. Oh my god. I was. So so take obviously take elated. away the World Series, take away like playoff wins on a scale of like off field. White Sox news events. How does it compare to this happiness of seeing Han and Kenny this, finally gone? This has to be, and I think Ozzie Guillen said it, and I want to talk about their show in a minute, but this has to be the biggest White Sox news since they won the World Series. I mean, yeah. <laughs> well, think about it. And I mean, Mitch's tweet put it into a lot of perspective. This is the first time in Mitch's life that Kenny and Rick, one of the two, are not in the front office. In his life, son. His life. <laughs> That's insane. Absolutely insane. It's a two-decade-long reign of fucking terror because of one World Series win, which I 2005 will forever be massive in my heart. But Mi- I mean, Mitch, Mitch has a... Year. Mitch has a few more years than this, but Scott Merkin, who covers the White Sox for MLB.com, he tweeted out, I've been covering the White Sox for 21 years. This is the first time that neither of them have been like a, but see, in some you, position with the team. When you say it like that, that's absolutely insane to me. That's that's crazy. That And out of those 21 years, one World Series. I was going to say RIP to that that meme that was comparing Cashman, yep. Han, and uh, Rizzo. As the yep. longest tenured GMs, <laughs> the only one without a World Series, not even appearance, was uh, Rickon. Who was it that posted the fourth uh, best day? The record. He, he listed them: World Series, ADLS Game Three. That was pretty dope. TA Field of Dreams. I'd actually put this over TA Field of Dreams. I'd actually. I was at Mark Burley's perfect game, so I'd probably put Burley's perfect game as two. And then this, no, but, but no, that, that, that's what I'm saying though. Like, 
like take away like just all anything on the field off the like yeah yeah just like signings and like we know there haven't been a lot of big ones or trades like the trade days i'm sure you know when you guys know uh but like name one like nothing yeah you couldn't even name one (laughs) no well i was gonna say like i was like the season eloy trade okay that was that was excited that was a big one but we didn't really know what we were getting at with those two uh yeah i mean i'm pretty sure not now but i'm sure fans were hyped for the the chris well Actually, no. For the Yohan Mankata co-picture, there was a lot of... I was pretty pumped it was Chris that. Sale. Yeah, no. But, I was, but, like, yeah, the way you said it, though, it's not even close. Uh-uh. And it's, like, <laughs> not a shame, because these guys long overstayed their welcome. Again, there's there's the graphic of longest-tenured guys in the position, and Rickon was the only one wasn't was, even close to coming to a World Series. It... I mean, we've been talking about it ever since the trade deadline and like the weird wording that Rickon was using when asked about the future. And it's like, ah, you kind of want to get excited as a White Sox fan because like you want change, but then you're like, it's the White Sox. Like they, they never do the right thing. So that's right. why it was such like, this shouldn't be a surprise, <laughs> but it is just because of the organization. It's, and it's a it's big been. surprise. And he kind of mentioned it in his, uh, his official statement that's that's the word i'm going to go with his official statement uh that jerry put out that this was a tough one for him because he looks at kenny like uh he actually called him his son (laughs) which i mean well you gotta remember rick's 87 or jerry's 87 Mm -hmm. so yeah i mean that's what happened in the 70s but in rick's hans white Sox tenure so 2013 to 2023 10 seasons he was 749 and 893. That's a 456 winning percentage. Well, that was the year earlier. Was that somebody posted his season by season record? Herb has it. Yeah, I got yeah, it. I'm, that's what I'm it, looking at right now. Read that, off that, the year by years, though. Yeah, the year by year is like it's that, insane. That guy had a job here, 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 in, here, in here, the here, first here. seven of those, let alone the the back end of them. It's, it's just so everyone can see what I'm talking about because I hate just reading when people can't see shit. Well, and there's lots of big words like two and four. A lot of numbers going. Can you guys see? <laughs> yes. So this that. is a very clear cut. White Sox Look at this. Losing season, losing season, losing season, losing season. Very much a losing season. Horrible losing season. Losing season. Bubble. Yay. 500. One winning season in a decade. In a decade. Not a couple years, a decade. And again, that 2020 season, sorry. like have, does, I'm not giving count. you full credit for this that. Does, this <laughs> 60 is 60 games. Everybody was scrambling in 2020. No one knew their ass from their elbow. No one knew what the hell was going on. That does not count. But 62 and 100. He went 62 and 100 and kept his job. Well, like That's the thing. They And Kevin, we've been saying it when the, when the Cubs like tore everything up in 2021. You can't always rely that rebuilds are going to work just because a few teams have did it. You know, the Royal, the Royals, who get, the new Royals right now, the White Sox, uh, that We're they attempted to this, do. Miller. We're going to get to this. <laughs> like, yeah, sure. The Royals did it. The Royals were like almost on their last leg of like that, like failing for them. Like it took them a while for them um, to finally start winning. And they did. Shout out to them. Back to back World Series. They won uh, in that second year. But look at other teams. The Pirates, they try to do it. Nothing. The Reds, year by year, horrible records, top draft picks, nothing. 
you can go across the league. Just I mean, Houston, was, of, Houston was dog shit for the they, better part of a decade, too. Theirs worked out, but that's what I'm saying. So, like, what? Royals, Houston, Cubs? Three out of... Pirates? Yeah. Oh, yes. The Pirates have been stuck at the... What's their so best... The, What's the one their with best the, stuff that they've done? Like, oh, they won a wild card? The 2015 when they lost the Cubs. <laughs> like, that, <laughs> was their, that was their, like, peak. The same thing with the Reds. The Reds was like, okay, they, they got hot for, like, one year or two. And they, they couldn't win a playoff series. Just, a de- he went 62 and 100. After a losing season, he followed it up with another 62 and 100 season and kept True. his job for another five years. <laughs> that is I mean, say that out loud and think about that. That is how many hundred lost seasons did he have? Just one? Just one. Just one. What was he? Yeah, how, many, was that, was that how many 95 plus lost seasons did he have? Um, I'd have to look it back up. I took the graphic down, but I, I don't know how quick you want to transition to like the up the no, no, the latest no, no, news. No, 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 we're gonna stick with here for a minute. Because okay, well, what, is... what I was gonna say in, ter- in like all those losing seasons, <laughs> mm-hmm. this team had like so many top four draft picks. And what the hell do they do with it? So I want to get into that too because, because um, they went what Madrigal Vaughn or Burger was in there before that. Yep. Well, but all right. So this news comes out. Everybody, it's victory celebrations all over for White Sox. Like I try to explain this to one of the guys I play golf with, who's a, he's just a big Cubs fan, but he's not like a, he doesn't watch all of MLB. Yeah. We're going to get to that too. Jack. Uh, and I told him like, Shay was the other guy I was thinking about. Yeah. Right. It's like someone that was like slowly torturing you finally got lost their job <laughs> and you're like free. And I mean, pretty much. And so everybody's going crazy and everything. And then one show in particularly. Now, everybody likes to rag on this show because they say it's like an extension of the team, which sometimes it is. You know, like they work for the network. Like I get it. Like sometimes they have to be careful what they say. They can't do oh, what they we let do. It all where you just go. <laughs> off the rails and I can cuss people out and I can, you know, question every move they make and do everything they can. But I want to give a massive amount of credit to Chuck Garfine, Ozzie Guillen, Scott Pasetnik, which I don't know, he didn't bring much to the table in that conversation, but the big one, the guy who I just became a massive fan of because of what he did was Ryan McGuffey. Now, He's, if you listen to that show, and I try to listen to as many White Sox podcasts as I can, but as you know, <laughs> it's a tall, tall order these days. <laughs> but whenever I got into the White Sox talk one, McGuffey has always been salty. Like he's, he's had an ax to grind with this org for a while, which rightfully so. I felt like he was a very good portrayal of the voice of White Sox Twitter. He was very good at getting on that show and kind of putting into a little bit cleaner, a little bit more coherent ways of saying like what the fan base was feeling. He was like, very I always felt he was pretty level headed where like, you know, when things were in, were going good, he would give the credit. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, whatever downfalls he would point them out, he would, you know, criticize fairly. But yep. when things started to go terribly wrong, he'd be Terribly. like, Yeah. Like, hey guys, 
we, right. we know this. We, we've been seeing the signs that were creeping up. Yep. And he's he, been on it. And you could while. tell that there was a lot of times during the show where he muzzled himself. Like he would be like, oh, and I heard, I, you know what? Better not talk, better not go there on the show. Because again, he works for a network and he has a basically, he recovers. Jerry's his boss. <laughs> yeah. So he can't really. But basically, on Tuesday night, that whole squad just basically said, fuck it. Which was awesome. I mean, Chuck Garfine started dropping F bombs. <laughs> it was awesome. I, I was like, I, I mean, he's yeah. tired of White Sox fans yeah. ragging on him on Twitter for the past three. But there was so much gold that can, it's a 48 minute show. No, definitely go check it out. Very rarely do we tell you like another show is a must listen. That is a must listen. Go listen to White Sox talk from Tuesday night. If I could DM Ryan McGuffey, I was going to try to see if we can like get him on tonight's show just because I want to tell him how awesome he did. I don't have the ability to DM him. If you guys all want to tweet at him and tell him to come on our show, that'd be cool. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so he comes out and he just starts spilling the tea everywhere. And I'm sitting there like, you know, someone watching a crappy reality TV show, just like this, sitting there watching like the lifetime like, channel. <laughs> like, keep going, please. Uh, Real Housewives I, of the South Side. But it's it, just it kind of feels like that, actually. Um, so I'm going to talk. Let's hit some highlights here. So, first of all, apparently, uh, Kenny was only allowed to make trades with two teams. Fidge, you know you're on mute, though, right? I just want to make sure you knew that. Uh, yeah, we are not silencing Kevin. No. <laughs> you're Kevin. silencing me. No, I'm, 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 right. I'm, letting, you, I'm letting you enjoy this moment. Back. Yeah. Back. So, Kenny could make trades with two teams. Two teams he was allowed to make trades with. He was allowed to make trades with the Miami Marlins because of his previous relationship with their GM and the New York Yankees. Han had carte blanche on the rest of the league. So, oh, we're going to get to that That's story, so Sydney. Weird. We're going to get to that story too. So that, that right there is weird. Like, I feel like a lot of people are just overlooking that. That's weird as hell that a so, president of operations so has can just not even talk to his GM pick up the phone and be like, yo, we're going to trade. Let's make this deal. Rick Hahn found out about the Jake Berger trade because he heard, he heard, he wasn't told he heard Kenny Williams go, okay, we have a deal and hung <laughs> up his phone. That's how Rick Hahn found out they traded Jake Berger. Rick Hahn did not want to trade Jake Berger. And I see Miller. I see in the comments here saying people need to stop crying about it. That's, we don't know the pure outcome of that trade. But the fact that Han did not want that trade to happen. And then Kenny just basically just whatever, just made the phone call to his homie down in Miami and was like, yeah, we got a done deal. Like, let's forget about Moneyball. I need, I need a, I need like a 20 part. Oh yeah. I need a, a 20 for 20 <laughs> or 30 for 30 on the white Sox. I need like a 20 part <laughs> series on the, it. I, I, I think mentioned it. I, for 60. This I, I brought it up on the, on our white Sox chat where, you know, you know, as a Cubs fan, I know pretty well how things work in their front office. And even right now with the new regime, it's always been pretty cut and dry. Like 
you know, when Theo right. Epstein was was with the Cubs, he was at the top. Jed Hoyer was under him. Jed Hoyer was the GM. Theo was the vice president of baseball operations. Theo was the head media guy, talking, communicating with the media on a day, daily basis. Jed Hoyer would sometimes talk, but we pretty knew the the chain of command there. Theo, Jed. Yep. It's the same thing now. Jed, he's number one. Carter Hawkins, he's the GM. We know who's in charge. Jed Hoyer. It's been so weird. After Kenny Williams was promoted, he was promoted up. But he can still make trades with two teams. To make trades with only two teams. Like, he has full authority with those two teams. With those two teams. Rick Hahn is promoted GM. But Rick Hahn was always viewed for the past, since he had, since he was GM, he was viewed as the figurehead. Yep. Even though, technically speaking, he he had a lower position than Kenny Williams. It's just so weird. It it makes the whole dynamic is very weird. And I want to address something because I've seen people in the comments be like, I don't believe this. Supposedly, you wanted to do this. Blah blah. I'm going off of what people that do know, that talk to people that know the story, are saying out loud. I'm not speculating on shit. I'm not going to say, oh, I don't believe it. If someone, if a guy like Ryan. McDuffie goes and says, like, hey, this happened. McGuffey says that. I'm just going to roll with him. I'm not in that locker room. No one in these comments are in that locker room. No one in these comments are in that office. I'm not in that office. But I'm going to go with what they said. I can't assume anything right now. Because anything that you think is logical, like, oh, there's no way Rick Hahn didn't know Jake <laughs> Berger was getting traded. You got to throw that out the window. Because nothing that's happened in the last 48 hours makes fucking sense. Plus, plus the the Kenny Williams and, and being able to make a trade with Miami Marlins, that's not new news. Remember, no. right after the trade happened, there was that, I forget on what station it came on, or during, it might have been during a Marlins game or something, they brought it up. It's like, oh yeah, the uh, Marlins GM talked with Kenny Williams, and they, mm-hmm. they're the ones who did the trade. Like, yeah. this isn't anything new either. <laughs> this is just no. kind of a confirmation of it. But that that, in my opinion, now... There's no way, shape, or form anybody that has any kind of baseball intelligence could be like, the White Sox lost that trade. You don't know that yet, but the kid that they got from Miami damn well better be in the starting rotation in the next couple of years, or that's an all-time fucking L. Because Jake yes. Berger was <laughs> one of two guys on his team that can hit a goddamn home run in a team that's filled with toxic culture. He was like the guy everybody loved in the locker room an amazing like story arc, you know, the tearing of like, he tore both his legs. Let's just say that. And he came back. His wife is active on social media. Everybody loves his wife. The whole baby burger thing in the crowd. Like everybody loves the guy. And you trade him for this kid who I know he's gotten touched up a little bit in the minors already, but I, you can't sit here right now and just be like the white Sox lost that trade. That's a dumb thing to say. Don't say that. If you listen to the show, you're smarter than that. Don't, don't do independent, that. independent of that trade. Just talking about uh, Jake Brigger himself. We talked about it back in like May and June when he was going crazy. The White Sox, through their terrible roster construction, like cornered themselves into needing to tra- needing to trade a, a guy like Jake Brigger because you have like twenty DHs on your team, <laughs> mm-hmm. and even when something went right for them, Jake Brigger comes back from the two torn Achilles becomes a like elite power hitter in major league baseball and that works against you because 
you just don't know how to build a roster with any flexibility. So you're like, uh, we don't have room for you. We got to trade you because you're the only guy who could bring us any value. Like, it's just, again, circling back, whether Rick Hahn wanted to quit whenever long ago, Kenny Williams can only do it, or Kenny Williams can override trades and do it with the Marlins and the Yankees. Just what a complete shit show. And I know we're going to get to it mm-hmm. a little well, we're, bit later. We're tipping the iceberg right now. Oh, yeah, we yeah. are tipping the like, iceberg. I am sorry to say, White Sox fans, I hope you did enjoy the initial burst of news because that was that look that seemed like pure joy, happiness. That, that was White like Sox Twitter uh, hasn't experienced in a while. Yeah, but I'm starting to see the same fucking yeah. pattern repeat again. So I've been told it was like a a hit of a narcotic where you get that little <laughs> right away, and then you're just you're coming down the rest the of dopamine. the way. That dopamine, and you're so, you're off that bender now. <laughs> yeah, so that's the first thing. Okay. That's the first wild thing that McGuffey said. And then <laughs> McGuffey told the story, and he told it really well, obviously. It's his story to tell. But then Cap told the story today on ESPN 1000 in the morning, which I never listen to sports radio. Never listen to sports I, I had to today, though. I had to listen to ESPN 1000. And so what happened was the White Sox were losing during the season. So Kenny Williams was nowhere to be found. They went on like a, a six-game heater, and one part of that was they beat Houston, who was, you know, that's when the Astros were, you know, running shit. And all of a sudden, like, there was a, a media, whatever, meet the media thing, and all of a sudden, Kenny appears. He's back out there with his chest pumped up. Now, the night before... Oh! On, like the, a on the night before, McGuffey was on cap show talking all kinds of shit about Kenny basically like where is he like if he's supposed to be the guy in charge why does he only show up when they're winning like this is Rick Han's show now Han runs this Han does that and all this stuff and so cap goes to this media thing and there's Kenny and Kenny goes cap get over cap get over here this is how cap told the story he's like all of a sudden I hear someone going cap get over here I know Fitz and so, because the stories are always so honest. well, the, the only reason why I, this one I buy is because McGuffey actually told it the day before Cap did, and they, they line up. That works. And so, Kenny basically told Cap, he's like, Who's this Ryan McGoofy kid or Mc, whatever? And he like says his name wrong like three times. I think Jack wrote it in the, the comments. Uh, I can't find it, but anyways, he called it, he like kept saying his name wrong. And Cap's like, what about it? Like, you know, whatever. He could say whatever he wants on my show and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> so Ryan actually just happens to call Kaplan at this exact moment. So Kaplan looks at Kenny. He's like, whoa, speak of the devil. And he shows him his phone. Like, Ryan's calling me right now. Kenny goes, give me the phone. <laughs> and he started calling him a motherfucker on the phone and shit. Listen, motherfucker, I'm in charge. This is my goddamn team. Blah, blah, blah. He just cussed him out. <laughs> what a joke of an organization <laughs> so that's a great story that he told you could tell during that show that Ozzy was still holding some stuff back and I think Fidge you would have been have you, Fidge I take it you didn't watch that show though you didn't listen to that episode Dave Kaplan? The, no 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 the the White Sox talk from Tuesday night no no I well I mean I figured but Ozzy still wants an interview <laughs> I thought about you <laughs> 
a lot. Ozzy still, still blocked me, so it doesn't matter. I thought about you a couple times during that show because either directly or indirectly, like as the show went on, he just stopped trying to hide it. But Ozzy wants a call again. He, he wants that interview. Back. He wants to call, and he's like, "The only reason, the only way I'd come back is if they give me the years and the paycheck. I'm not coming back." Blah 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 blah. And he starts talking about how he's not going to take shit from somebody that doesn't know as much about baseball as him. And blah 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 blah. And he, they kept like yeah. talking about Pedro, and Ozzy's like, "I don't want to talk bad about Pedro, but and like but. he was like, there was a lot of yeah. but." That's great. Yeah, yeah and, that's and I mean, shit right there, man. Come on. He, he was he was oh. he was throwing over. That's his job, though. To be fair, that's his job. He's an analyst. He's, and he he's did, paid to he analyze. Was not to scab for a job. No, no, no. no. But he did no, say no. a couple he, times. He criticized the manager. Nothing yep. against. Nothing wrong with that. And he did say a couple times, like I'm very, very happy with what I'm doing now. And then they asked him if he would take the GM job, and he started laughing. He goes, "The first thing I'd have to do is file divorce papers because my wife's gonna leave me." And like, <laughs> so that was kind of funny, but. Uh, yeah, that was wild. What's up, Bob? Shout out, Bob. Hi, Bob. Uh, what's up, Bob? Bob. So that whole episode, though, again, that's a, a they talk about how toxic it was. If you want to hear uh, Chuck Garfine start dropping f bombs, listen to it. Like McGuffey goes off on it. Great episode, forty-eight minutes, no bullshit, just straight to the point. Awesome. So as this keeps going on. And on, yeah, Ozzy did predict that Jim Tomey might be the surprise GM in this situation, which, why not? Um, that's that's that, that just gives you an idea of how much out of the loop yep. Ozzy still is. <laughs> but as the days and stuff goes on, just sticking on the topic of, like, wild shit that's come out about this organization, it came out that Rick Hahn tried to quit a couple times. You don't quit me. I quit you. <laughs> Basically. So Rick, Rick tried to resign I a couple times and Jerry was quick to remind him that he still had years on his contract and he had to apparently have some kind of non-compete in his contract. Cause Jerry's like, yeah, you can quit, but I'm going to make sure you don't work in baseball. Did you think that Han mistook the non-compete clause in his contract to just non-compete? For as White a Sox. GM, yeah. <laughs> All right. I All right, Jerry. I, yeah, I put my bad. I thought I, you meant with us. Not I put for... that on I put that on a tee for you. I'm glad <laughs> I'm glad you hit that. But oh, here's Elvis Andrews and Ask Polis. But so not only do you now have a GM running the show that very much doesn't want to be here, he tried to quit repeatedly. By the way, it, it had to have been after they hired Tony. Oh Ray. yeah, and <laughs> Miller Miller just said it right in the comments as soon as you did. But yeah, it was the very awesome. second that Jerry made the call. He's like, "Hey, uh, we're hiring Tony." But it said multiple times, multiple times he tried to resign, and Jerry's just like, "Nah, son." <laughs> and it's just so he hands him, he hands him his letter of recommendation and just Ryan's like, "Here, take it back." Which, by the way, that is hilarious because I, I nope. think we, we we mentioned it like several times during that That's time dangerous. period. It was like, "Well, if Rick Hahn does feel a certain way, then he should try to quit." God, well, you turn, know it turns out maybe he be... did try. <laughs> try harder, Rick. Rick sucks even at quitting. I mean, I... he should have at least gone out and like, maybe like propositioned a hooker and gotten arrested. <laughs> Rick can't do anything right. Like, if he can't get out, find a way out. Like accidentally bang the the I don't know whatever. Rick, Rick is so Rick bad, and he quitting. can't. He sucks at quitting. That's unbelievable. But I mean, just one thing after another, just absolutely. And then it came out that Rick wanted to sign 
Harper, like all in, let's get it. And Kenny basically was like, nah. And then <laughs> Rick had like this whole different contract put together for Mancata. And Kenny came in and was like, no, we can get a little bit more creative. We'll give him the 32 Machado, million. Machado. Machado. He's like, we'll give him the 34 million or 32 million when he's 34 years old. I be- By the way, I believe that one so much. I know everyone's going back and forth. What's true, what's not. But the way that Kenny Williams reacted when Machado signed with the Padres, I 100% believe it because he was so fucking pissed. He's like, we had the best offer. So I have Ask a, anyone. We had the best offer. He was I so adamant a, about that. I have a mental picture of Rick Hahn at press conferences doing like dance, TikTok dances like that are like mostly SOS or help me. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So uh, Missy broke. <laughs> he pulled Britney Spears and tried to leave QZ as being held hostage, which is – all of a sudden, yeah, we started. Jerry start- had like a, a conservatorship over Rick Hahn. Uh, like, what if Rick Hahn goes crazy right now? He just starts uh, posting news on Instagram. Dude, absolutely. We should check these press conferences and look for like hand gestures and like. The- oh, the Tony Larusa introductory press conference. Rick Hahn was like, "Guys, get me out of here, please." We're, real, we're really <laughs> happy to have Tony out. here. Get me out of here. Blink twice you if can you want see, out. You can see it in his eyes. He's like, Guys, "We're yellow Please. <laughs> Dude, they, they all Britney Spans fans on Instagram were like, next video you do, wear yellow if you're in danger. She does the next video nice. head to toe in yellow gear. Like, get me the fuck out all of here. All these years, all these years, and I mean, until recently, that we thought Rick Hahn was against White Sox Twitter. He he was he probably has the number one, like, fuck the White Sox help. Twitter account out yeah. there. Oh, he, he was the most pissed off, probably. We really need to find Rick's burners because now more than ever, we really. I actually think I might have been arguing with Chris Getz's burner earlier today. Actually, you know what? I was going to say, I think it's an easy find. Someone just yeah. search it's Rick Kenny's Han. fault or it's... blame Kenny Williams, and that's going to be Rick Hahn. So that's where, yes, that's, where, that's where things got kind of weird because the stuff about Harper and Manny Machado came out, and all of a sudden, people, a lot of people were talking about how shitty Kenny was. And I'm reading this, and I'm just like, whoa, guys. They both were shitty. Yeah, like, they, but let's let's not forget that they both royally sucked at their job. By the but way, the man Machado stuff, I one million percent believe yeah. that Kenny just was like, "Woo, we can get creative here." He was like the fat guy looking at the donuts at work, going, "Woo!" Yeah, yeah. And I do want to say again, it's deserved yes. the hatred, the the uh, animosity, the whatever it is, well deserved for both guys. But uh, if Herb does join it, Herb always reminds everyone. Only one of those two guys did build a winner. It was Kenny Williams. Yep. It was a long fucking time ago, but credit to him. He at least did do that. Yes, he did. Kenny does. And then nothing else after, but. (laughs) But yeah, no, and I agree. But so I don't think it's very fair for people to, you know, say one guy was worse than the other, you know, both bad. By Uh, the way, I do have to say through and through both guys in their press or their statements, whatever. It was 100% still their personality. Kenny Williams' first like sentence was like, I have no idea what, how everyone else has my phone number. Or that, that many people have my phone number. He's like, pissed off that he was getting text messages. And, and I mean, then Rick Hahn, Rick Hahn was lawyering it up. Oh, in his mean, why wouldn't he? One more time. One more for the road. Wait, we, actually, I do want a dramatic reading, Mitch. Yep. We can record it. We'll, we'll post it up. I want a dramatic reading of Mitch as Rick Hahn reading his speech. He supposedly is going to be here in like 45 minutes. So we'll just get him to do it before he has to go back to work. But just hope there's no meth fires around the St. Louis area. Just which I mean, we don't need water, breaking news. Water's wet. 
sky Shoot. is blue, there's going to be a meth fire in St. Louis. Like, there's but, like a 20% chance at this point because he'll be sent. I mean, <sighs> the fact that they both said, too, like, when you underperform, this is what happened. You've been underperforming for a decade, bro. For a decade. <laughs> for a decade. decade. Three, I think, wait. <laughs> three? <laughs> I think it's three playoff wins Besides since the World, the World Series. Yes. 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 In 18 seasons. In the worst division in baseball. In the worst. And no back-to-back winning seasons, right? And only one winning season. Hey, hey, season, 2020 right? and 2021, they'll, they'll make sure to let you know. Oh, yeah. Was it on 500, though? <laughs> one of those were 500, weren't yeah, they? Yeah. That's not a winning season. That's a 500 season. No, be no, one no. Game 2020. 2020, even though it's the bubble year, oh, they'll say, we had a winning oh. record. We went to the playoffs. The next year, we won the division. We went to the playoffs back-to-back seasons. Oh, yeah, yeah. So you gotta use the old full seasons. You got it. Yeah, we gotta go. We've not made the playoffs in back to back full seasons. In actual real baseball seasons. Yeah, unbelievable. So maybe we tell Dodgers fans to tell them to fuck off. Aha. Always. You can always. So everybody's taking their victory lap. Everybody's real happy. You know everything's going good. And by the way, we got some good news too. We are now YouTube partners. So if you want. You can super chat us. We appreciate it. You know, we'll use the money to, uh, you know, try to improve the show. We're going to still figure out if we get to a certain amount, how much it has to be for Fitz to get a tattoo. We need I was to say, we also have the old like 20 for me to shut up. You know, give it, give us 20. I'll shut up for five minutes. I'll mute myself. Oh, so, let's go. We'll Rick, do Rick money or I'll ch- uh, you know, I'm, I'm, We're I'm open to suggestion too. This show has always been very much a democracy. So if you guys have suggestions on super chat, Levels. Uh, Put on We have to. You know what we should do? We should like Chug. tier it. We get to a certain dollar amount, and you unlock a Kevin Las Vegas uh, something behind the vault baseball story. Ooh, <laughs> I'll lift my skirt and tell something silly. Yeah. Ooh, but we could think of something. We'll think of different things that'll happen at different tiers, and I'll sing for a while. Not. Well, that's the other way. We're gonna or, really lose yeah, viewers. We... Gonna... <laughs> what if I sang the Ken song though? I don't know. Sorry. Ooh, hold on. We, we got get to we, we get to a certain amount. Kevin does another Oscar nominated movie, another short. Ooh, yeah. Ooh. And if you're the person that does it, subject, you'll be in the movie. Ooh. There you go. Or your face will at least, because it's all jib jab. Your face. Out of farm shit, but oh, I use uh, real Photoshop. Mitch is at work. Mitch is paying his dues. But we if you super are, chat, we'll get Mitch on. There you go. Yeah. We'll, just, we'll just whore out Mitch. If we get enough super chats, Mitch doesn't have to work the late shift anymore. <laughs> we'll we'll get Mitch to quit faster than Rick Hahn was was able yep. to. Yeah, for uh, a two dollar super chat, I will put the puppy in the screen for as Ooh. long as the two dollars is there, even though they're both knocked out cold right now because it's hot as fuck. But uh, what's the conversion to Canadian dollars? We'll do like four Canadian dollars. Yeah, you can. Oh, yeah. We take, we take loonies, loonies, uh, euros, euros, two thousand yen. yen, peso, peso, pesos are great. We'll take Dogecoin, yeah, crypto. We're in on that. Go ahead, throw that in there. Just don't make up your own coin, like yeah, no Shiba Inu either. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm stalling right now because I think our special guest might be uh, showing up here in a minute. Oh, and it'll be I perfect want, to transition to. I told what him it's might perfect time. Yeah, he just said he, he goes, "Can I jump on right now for like an hour?" So I said, "Yeah, absolutely, perfect timing." So, uh, yes, we do take Comiskey Cash. 
<laughs> I don't know how <laughs> you're going to like put that gonna... into the YouTube, whatever, but we'll take it. For a second, it. though, for a second, though, let's take that conversation at face value that Rick Hahn wanted to quit multiple times. Like, how do you think that went down? And how, how did he not just quit? I think Fitz just said it. Like, he walked into Jerry's office, like, here's my letter of resignation. He's so, like, like, how did it get to him being like, because I think Herb said it. Herb said it's like, like you could have quit if you were so miserable and you felt so whatever about the job. Take like I think twenty twenty four next season was gonna be his last year. Take a couple years off. Go work somebody. Go do public speaking for a year and a half or something. You don't have to be in baseball. I need some actors. I'd like to film a scene like this. Actually, how this went down. Multiple possibilities. But no, I agree, and I didn't see her say that, but I agree with it, dude. If you're that miserable, go be a lawyer. Yeah. I mean, go really be, good at the talking yeah, part. Go be PR for somebody because you were basically a, a talking head PR piece for the White Sox for a while. A ten dollar yeah. for a Mitch bitch. Oh my god, that's yeah. done. That's been <laughs> boom. But yeah, yeah, go teach a communications that's class. Right. You know, go teach how to make fifty Twitter burners. Like something. <laughs> I mean. He could have did a lot more if he was really that miserable. I don't know. There had to have been something to in his contract, which is wild because he is a lawyer. So you would think he'd be better with his contract stuff, but there had to be something like money wise that was keeping him there because it couldn't have just been the NDA or the no compete. It could be something if he's fired, he gets to keep everything. Whereas if he left on his own accord, it, well, that's what I was going to say. Jerry deal. was so loyal that he's like, no, 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 Rick, Rick, I know you want to quit, but I still want to mm-hmm. pay you. I'm going to fire you so you can get your severance. Like, was that, whoa, was that? Yeah, it? I mean, did, like, Jerry just not want to pay unemployment? Or, like... <laughs> well, that's what makes no sense, because if Rick Hahn does resign through at least my minimal understanding of contracts, wouldn't that, like, clear him of whatever was left on his deal? Like, he wouldn't have to pay it Rick Hahn have. anymore. It should have, you would think, yes. So, I don't... So, why would Jerry be against that? There is something we don't know. Yeah, there's something as I, always, something weird. Something I really right. <laughs> I mean, yeah, crazy. I really, really, really hope that whenever Rick's NDA expires, he comes out and just does like a, a tell all book, Netflix special, whatever. Cause it's gotta be we're probably just scratching the surface of all the wild shit that went at, on right at there. the minimum. There's going to be a book. And then I hope there's at least a 30 for 30. And then hopefully, hopefully there's like a, some sort of 10 part series on the white Sox front office in the two thousands. And on that note, perfect timing. Herb. Oh, there he is. Perfect timing, Herb. So for those of you that don't know, I don't know how you watch the show and don't know who this guy is, but Ladies and gentlemen, good friend of the show, good buddy of mine, Mr. Herb Lawrence from CHGO Chicago. He is the White Sox community leader over there. Make sure you go and find him at Ecknerwall23. Herb, perfect timing, man. Thanks for having me, guys. Uh, you guys hear me clearly. My my computer just crapped out, right? Can you hear mm-hmm. me right now? Yes. It, it okay. seems to be something. I think Jerry is trying to kill all of our communication tonight because yeah, none of us had easy going. But... <laughs> We just got done talking about all the wild stories that came out in the last 24 hours. The whole Kenny calling Ryan McGuffey a bitch on the phone, mm-hmm. that Kenny made the trade to Miami without Rick knowing about it, uh, that 
the whole Manny Machado and Bryce Harper stuff. But then Aldo brought up your point. Only one of those two guys built a World Series team. So you can't throw this all on Kenny. And so I said it was perfect time for you to get here because now we're going to talk about basically the coming down from the high that we had mm-hmm. on Tuesday. But before we do that, as our guest, what was like, where was your headspace at when you first heard the news? Cause we all kind of said ours. So where were you at when you heard the news? I mean, I'm sure elated, but. Mm-hmm. Um, physically I was literally in the white Sox parking lot. Oh, and um, I was going to see the fitted in black uh, miniseries that comes out tomorrow, I believe, on either the White Sox website or YouTube. Oh, or, I did see that talking about 50 years in hip hop and how the White Sox kind of contributed to that with the old English SOX. I was going to see the premiere of that. They were hosting at uh, the conference room at Guaranteed Rate. And so um, once I heard like I literally was text like I was texting with my friends after i parked and i saw that tony gill who's in the thread with me lawrence holmes and rick camp he's like oh snap they fired kenny and rick and i was like man cap stop stop it that was easy yeah they don't do this no they don't do this in the season and so like I was shocked when I t- turned on Twitter and I saw the official statement and I was like, what? Cause there was no whispers of this. I didn't think it was even going to happen this off season. So to have actually have it happen elated because yeah. accountability, something that we didn't think we were going to see. They've been here 20 plus years, each of them. Like Rick has been the last, what 11 Kenny mm-hmm. before that. And, you know, there was no way that we didn't think it was going to be this bad. And still, we still had no hope that they're going to fire. So I got, you know, happy as hell because they got fired. And Mm -hmm. I've said it on my podcast that uh, I'm not happy the people got fired. Maybe I'm happy that Kenny Williams got fired. That dude sounds extra (laughs) assholey after this. But he seems like a straight asshole. You don't want to be around. I don't know, Rick. There goes pause. I mean, it was a. I thought that was like a a pregnant pause there, but you you got. Oh, there it is. Herb, you got that my sock summer internet connection going, bud. Oh man, sorry about that. I don't know why I left off. Kenny Kenny Williams is. uh, He's been here as long as Mitch has been alive. Yeah, that's what we were saying, Herb. That's how I put it in perspective. Our fourth member, who's not here right now, young Mitch, he has never seen a White Sox team that didn't have Kenny or Rick in the front office. It's been that long. That's insane. And also, Herb, I don't know if you're drinking or not, but we got a super chat here from our guy, Drew. He's looking for a little beer chug. If you want to do it, it's up to you. But it's I know It's not really beer. It's Coke Zero. So, Oh. I'm rivaling you with the Pepsi Kevin, right Kevin, sub in. Sub in for <laughs> her. I have a water on the other side. Uh, yeah. I think all we have are Bud Seltzers in the fridge. But there you go. I'm, sh- I'm sure, Herb, you going to the game on Saturday? Saturday. No, it's Courtney's birthday that day. Oh, well, We're happy. To, uh, Michael Jackson's uh, play, the Michael Jackson play. Oh, nice. Well, City. happy early birthday. Thank um, you. Yeah, we'll get Drew. We'll figure out some kind. We ju- We're new to Super Chats. We just got our YouTube partnership, Herb. So these are all new to us. Awesome. But um, I can chug this Coke Zero if he wants me to. That's Drew's a good guy. <laughs> I'll probably burn my throat. But I Drew's, won't. Drew is awesome. 
So yeah, you should check out Drew's. Uh, if you guys don't know him, I don't know if you guys know him. Probably do mm-hmm. his TikToks. Awesome. Drew probably on, his TikToks are awesome. I will say, and I and unbiasedly, I think Drew has the best White Sox TikToks in that atmosphere. There's a couple people that got really good stuff, but strictly White Sox stuff. I'm going to go with Drew. I know Missy does a lot of everything, so I'm talking about just specific White Sox stuff. So that go follow Drew on TikTok there. See, folks, you super chat us. We'll plug your shit. Um, oh, what? No, well. No, what? yeah, don't click oh, that. Whoa. Don't, don't, oh, don't click that. Please. Oh, don't if you tip hard enough, we will. Maybe, plug maybe you. on OnlyFans, but not on YouTube. Shit. Yeah, yeah maybe we'll just get a pinwheel, <laughs> really? pinwheel, pinwheels OnlyFans. Um, Last time I came on this show, I didn't shit right for a week. I'd run it by the way first. But... <laughs> She's shaking her head and right over there. But um, so I compared it to like the first time, maybe like you smoke weed or something, where you get that that high, you feel really good, everything's great. They finally did it. A team that never makes moves like this finally fired the two guys that have been making our lives pretty miserable for a long time. I know. Jerry is not immune to that either. So there was a third amigo there that, but Jerry runs the shit. I mean, that's what it is, folks, unless he sells the shit, whatever. But we're all ecstatic. It's just great. And then fucking Bob Nightingale. (laughs) Bob Nightingale was basically like the 22 year old dude at the high school party. Like he was just there to like be creepy and kill the vibe. Because that's all he did. He stood by the keg, didn't talk to anybody. And anytime a girl would come up to the keg, he'd be like, hey, where's my hug? Like, he was that guy. He sucked. Because he started coming out with the news that fucking Chris Getz is most likely going to assume the responsibilities as not GM. And they're only going to have one guy. They don't want to have this dual system anymore. So it's Chris Getz. For those of you that don't know, Chris has been, I think his title for the last seven years has been assistant GM and director of player development. I think that's like correct. Far- um, farm director, I think. Right? Something like that. Um, and this is very well said. This is Kill the type farm. of stuff we're here. Uh, Miss Say killed her boner. But, um, no plugging after that. <laughs> uh, but yeah. I don't even know really where to start with this because this is so stupid. It just it, it hurts my brain. Um, I misread that too because I thought he said if they choose to go in house, gets would be the that, choice. and that is the technical terms of what was been said. But I've had a couple people reach out to me and say it's looking like it. Herb, I don't know if you've heard anything, but it's pretty much sounding like Jerry wants to keep this in house because you know it's been working so good for so long. Why wouldn't you just keep working with the people you have inside there? Um, you know, the White Sox have been known as a powerhouse for player development. Uh, so that's, it's always good that Chris, uh, who was in charge of that is going to be taking the wheel here. It's fuck. I can't even say it was a straight face. I'm like making myself upset, but I got to stop talking for a minute. So her, what were your, uh, how'd you take the Chris Getz news or how are you taking the Chris Getz news? It's just very difficult to fathom if Jerry is well, like 
if this was an alternate year, like let's go back to when Kenny was losing his fastball, and some would say he never had his fastball. Um, late, you know, 2010, maybe earlier than that. Um, and Rick Hahn was an ascending guy. And at that time, Jerry would have went to Rick Hahn and made him the sole baseball operations guy at that time. I would have gone against it, but I would have understood it because Rick was talked about being ready for the job, been ready for the job and been on the training and other people were seeking him out. At mm-hmm. that time, I recall, like people were looking, oh, can Rick Hahn do this, that? And other teams are, you know, coming in there asking for Rick Hahn to be the guy. This is the total opposite of that. Yes. No one is checking for Chris Getz. No one wants Chris Getz to be running their baseball operations. You know why? Because Chris Getz <laughs> sucks at running his minor league operation. Yes, sir. And Chris Getz also with the whole Omar Vizquel situation. Not a great guy. Not a great hire for Chris. The West Helms have to be in fired stuff. Like, yep. this guy is unqualified. This guy cannot do the job. And the reason I'm mad is because we know that he is going to be here for a while. As long as Jerry's here, Chris Getz is going to be here if that's the hire. Because mm-hmm. we know Jerry Jerry's never going to fire him He's or he's going to reassign him. He's still young. You know, he's the baseball operations guy. He's going to be the guy making the calls. And that's absolutely ludicrous. And Jerry's still here, too. That's the thing. I just was talking to Gabe, and he I, – I don't know why I blanked on this, but Jerry's the one who hired Tony Russo. Yes. Like, he went off the deep end then, and now he's just all – he's lost. Mm-hmm. He's lost with power. He's – power hungry to make his moves and the Chris gets moves screams. I'm the smartest man ever. Mm-hmm. I'm going to hire this guy who I know is not qualified, but I right. think he's good at the job. He can do what I want him to do and make my team great again. Cause I won in 2005. I'm great. I've won mm-hmm. seven championships. Any, any truth to rumor, thing. any truth to the rumor he tried to uh, hire Bobby Cox as the new manager. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Like he, he would. I, I wouldn't put it past him. So even how ludicrous that sounds. I'm pretty sure I was arguing with Chris Scotts because it had to have been one of his burners. Some guy came at me, and he's just like, "How are you blaming Chris Scotts for Rick and Kenny's fuck ups?" I, huh? Let let's 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 go. Yeah, let's go to those. Let's go through this, and I was just like, so. And the guy kept going on, like, you don't really know the extent of his job. I'm like, well, I know his title, and I know what his title means. Like, if someone is, like, the head of sales, you know that guy's a sales guy that runs the sales team. This guy's the head of player development. And then I started thinking, and please, Herb, I know you might be a little better than this I am. Besides Tim Anderson, who has come up through the White Sox system in the last decade, like, truly through the White Sox system that's been – a success at major league drafted players or we're talking i would say they've signed no i would maybe someone that spent more than one full season and like i don't count luis robert okay well, I, or no actually luis would probably count i don't count like a and c yeah yeah they're from the cubs yeah. yeah 
All right, so Miller in the comments, Rodon, okay. That's one. All right. I, I would even I wouldn't even include Rodon because they came so late. Like That's true. And it wasn't necessarily his fault, but like 2020, he was healthy, and I'll put those in quotes, mm-hmm. and he was terrible. Right. I mean, yeah. the 2021 can't be dismissed. That man was the guy that we've always wanted. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, Tim Anderson. Um, it's man, <laughs> you know, like and it's no pitcher. Think about no, that. It's nope. none of the pitchers. Nope. 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 Like, like, the, like that's, I think what ended the Cubs whole thing. Like they couldn't develop a pitcher in the minor leagues. And when they did, they trade him to the White Sox. Um, You're welcome. welcome. Thank you. Aldo. We appreciate Ish. that. Yeah. But that's, that's what ended the Cubs and the White Sox couldn't even get started. Like all their pitchers are from right. some other team. And I'm not saying, Joe, in the comments, I'm not saying the Cubs made Cease. I'm just saying Cease basically got de- de- uh, developed on the White Sox, not in the system. He got developed on, in the show. I, like, I we just saw say, his progression. Dylan Cease, full credit, because at the time, maybe Dylan Cease with the new Cubs pitching infrastructure that they've had for the past three years, like, mm-hmm. yeah, the Cubs developed Dylan Cease. But at the time, Cubs had a shit development system like right. they developed no pitches like you said Herb. so dylan sees the best he's the one who won that trade mm-hmm. <laughs> he's like the one guy who came out smelling like roses because he got into a somewhat solid pitching uh system with the white Sox and was able to i'll give him i'll give him chris sale oh yeah he's had tj with the cubs that's right chris, chris sale was already up though wasn't chris yeah. get hired in 2016 He's been there for seven years, so yeah. Yeah, Chris, say, or so. Chris Sale. Chris Sale was already a star. He doesn't yeah. get credit for No. And, I mean, think about this, though. Between low A, high A, double A, triple A, hundreds of ballplayers we're talking about that he has been responsible for. And out of all of those ballplayers in seven years, of all of those levels of baseball, we're named, like, what, four guys? We're arguing semantics on, like, five or six <laughs> right. guys? Like, and that's – I think it was Josh Nelson on uh, Sox Machine. He was making the point where Chris gets – he's not qualified because what he's done in his job is the reason why why at the end the Cubs fell apart is because they couldn't develop anyone who could even come up and be a bench player. Like what what, what, like even like semi-bench player have the Sox – Gavin Sheets? Like is that the best guy? The best guy was Jake Berger. He was traded. Like that, that's been your answer. German Mercedes. German Mercedes had, had a, a good, month. He had a good couple weeks. I mean, Phoenix rises again. But what I'm getting at though is that that statement alone, what we just talked about for the last five minutes, what in that gives you the idea that's the guy I want running my major league team? <laughs> maybe, yeah. maybe he just he, meant... he failed up. He failed yeah. up. <laughs> Maybe he's, maybe the sentence didn't finish. Jerry trailed off, and he meant to say Chris gets me stuff or something. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. But uh, I just I that just blew my mind, and just then the Omar Vizquel hiring, and the fact that I think Jordan mentioned in the comments he he said in an interview he thought Omar brought great whatever to the team, like he made the team better, and like oh my God, it's just. One disaster after another. Oh, here you go. Omar created a good environment for players. Probably did for his players, just not so much at home. But yeah, maybe and was he talking the, about the and wire the ball boy too? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> he was talking about the wire. Yep. 
Yeah. Uh, Zoe, like he was on the fast track to be the White Sox next manager. I thought he was going to be. I, yeah. I'm the show. There's probably tape of me being like, I think Omar should be the next manager. And then all yeah. this shit came out and I just felt like an asshole for a while. But yeah, yeah I don't, I don't understand Chris Getz's like, it's a, it's a lock. I don't understand why people, why Jerry would just say like, this is just, this is a no brainer. This is a lot. Like he didn't even, it was within 24 hours of them announcing the, the firing, which it, it, it just blows my mind. This, this team just loves to punch you straight in the gut. It just, does sound like that, that it's going to be a quick resolution though. Yep. Uh, they say by the end of the season, which that also maybe tells you that they already had somebody in mind, which maybe not a great thing. Cause that means it could very well be. Gets right. And then this other guy or Leo gets that has been named, uh, I don't. What was his official position that they mentioned that they were they were going to give him missionary? Well, well I want to read the I want to read the quote that that was shared. It was Bob Nightingale was on the score, and I think it was right. Matt Spiegel who tweeted out. And Bob Nightingale just told us it would be Chris Getz as the in quotes single decision maker. Okay, for the White Sox mm-hmm. with Dayton Moore brought in to work for him. Dayton they Moore, have a father son type relationship Ooh. from their Kansas City days. What the? Huh? That, well, what? That, <laughs> like Socrates and Aristotle, or like? That's creepy enough as it is, too. But Nathan Lane, um, uh, Herb, you, tw- you tweeted this out. You tweeted out um, Dayton Moore's Royals tenure, which was 06 to 2022. He, the record there is 1,194. And one thousand two hundred and sixty-five. So that's I f- might have fudged those numbers. There's th- somebody yeah. in the tweets that got in there and uh, got the actual uh, number. Oh, I yeah. think you it's cannot hundred losses. You cannot mess up math on. So I, ga- I gave him. I missed like a hundred and twenty losses. So I gave him oh. way too many. Like he you was gave him too even, much credit. Even, yeah, I gave him way too much credit. <laughs> and so my, um, deal here, huh? So it was like three hundred losses more than than wins. Another guy. Which now we're talking about Chris Getz from the Royals. You got Pedro from the Royals. And then you got this Dayton guy from the Royals. Why the fuck are you modeling yourself after the Kansas City, the worst team in your division? Yeah, the Nashville. Well, we'll get to the Nashville part in a minute. And white Royals sounds super racist. I'm just going to say it. It, it sounds sorry, incredibly sorry, I had to racist. I know, but it just <laughs> it just sounds so incredibly racist. That can't uh, be the name of the team. Like that's brutal. Uh, that's <laughs> Jerry's like, yes, that sounds good. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. We're just combining the names. I just said Aubrey Huff said, Can I play there? <laughs> yeah, Aubrey Huffman's <laughs> retirement. He's your, he's your bench coach. Uh, why literally any other team in Major League Baseball, I can maybe be like, oh, okay, yeah. I can't do that for Kansas City. Besides that random World Series that came out of nowhere, I don't know why, especially a team in your division that you see every year just being fucking terrible. <laughs> it's not, I just don't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What, what did, what does Jerry see? They're like, hmm, the Royals. Let's be like that. A cheap payroll? <laughs> That's what it is. That's what it is. Hey, this guy won with uh, barely paying anyone. Yeah, <laughs> he's like, man, those people are geniuses. They went to oh. the World Series two years in a row. Yeah. Like that we forgot Benintendi, Royals legend. Royals yeah. legend. Yeah, Benintendi. Uh, Andy Cisco. Jeez, oh, I just. It goes back. Didn't you guys have like Mark Tehan? Yeah, like, Mark this is. I thought this he was going to be change the world, but he <laughs> yeah. was terrible. I They've been laying was... the seeds with this Royals White Sox uh, connection for years. I actually thought Mark Tian was going to be good. Mm-hmm. 
I definitely did. Hold on. I'm trying to find the uh, exact quotes to kind of what Jordan just said in the comments because it is just – it's a wild thing that this man said. Yeah. Uh, where is it? Here we go. This is your uh, supposed number two in the organization here, folks. Suppose, I'm going to say supposed because nothing's official yet. Um, in June 2018, Moore generated backlash with comments he made about convicted child molester and mm-hmm. Oregon State University pitching prospect Luke Heim- Hemlick saying, I think the player has earned the opportunity to play professional baseball. Uh, he actually is kind of on brand for who Jerry likes to hire. If you hot start. Hot start. And then it goes on to say in this article, Oops. Moore is a Christian and he's open about his spiritual beliefs. He has taken a hard stance against pornography and held an anti-porn seminar for the Royals in 2018. Did he have visual displays? No, that's porn, like, Kevin. I like my that. dad back in the day, though. Hey, my dad, if there was like a who's dirty scene, dirty scene, dad would, dad would stand in front of the TV set, but he would stand to block it, but he would stand facing the television set. But I always thought that was strange. What are you... 100% sure he's bringing in huh? Josh McCown to do some sort of talk. I think McCown's on that same train. Uh, porn uh, very bad for you I, it's almost like jerry's doing this on purpose like jerry's just sitting there just laughing like how can i fuck with these people more maybe dayton moore was the guy who was leading the thing to get all the the god uh the, the all the god uh, advertisements at oh, a yeah. uh, guaranteed rate field he gets us man but <laughs> i just i don't know her of any thoughts on dayton moore i, I i'm speechless at this. <laughs> who's he with like the rangers or <laughs> Yeah, he's chilling with the Rangers as like an assistant down there with uh, Chris Young. But yeah, Dayton Moore is like, what's the whole thing about, uh, you know, the every, uh, I guess, protest is a confession. Oh, yeah. I forgot what the actual term is, but it's something like that. Somebody will say in the actual comments. But this guy is a religious admission zealot. Every admission. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, this is a religious zealot and also standing up for a child molester, like going to going on the table for a child molester. Pounded. Wanting this guy on the on the team. And only because he got backlash. There there is Missy. Every accusation is a confession. But and only reason he didn't draft him is because he got backlash from the public. Yep. And otherwise, if he didn't get backlash. That guy would have been a Kansas City Royal prospect, a hundred percent. I drafted that Casey guy if he didn't have such a bad diet. God. <laughs> but this is this is ridiculous. This is absolutely insane. Father son relationship. I don't want to work with my dad. I don't want my dad to work with me. Especially my dad. If this guy's the dad figure that sticks up for child molesters, then you're in a whole world of trouble. Exactly. So oh, what are we boy. doing? Like, we already got an unqualified dude. He's Take learning on the job to be just competent. And then his terrible father, who lucked in, I mean, luck in he, he had a good job. He did a good job of developing talent in Kansas City early and keeping that team. So that's why Jerry is looking at him and saying, hey. Cheap labor, you know, doesn't have to cost me a lot. And that guy can give me a World Series. Get me two two World Series. He's stuck in that, that period. But he didn't look all the rest of the years that Dayton Moore was at the helm. It was absolutely abysmal. 300 lost seasons in there. 
just bad, just just horrendous stuff. I, I, and I, he Jerry doesn't look at the full picture. He looks at that one thing, that 2005 for the White Sox. How do I get back there? I can still do the thing that I did in 2005 and 2023 mm-hmm. to win that World Series. And that's what he's thinking of Dayton Moore and Chris. He can just like – there's his puppets like Rick and Kenny used to be, but they're different puppets. They're young 39-year-old naive dude that's never done the job, so I can control puppets. him. Mm-hmm. And Dayton Moore, who – be thankful he got back into baseball at a major way and he'll be grateful to me and I can control him too type yes. of thing. So these, oh, these yep. tires are terrible, just absolutely terrible. If they ever happen, I hope this is a, the wrongest thing we dunk on Bob Nightingale tomorrow or the next day, <laughs> whatever we're going to be dunking on him like that day when uh, Nelson Cruz signed with the twins and we mm-hmm. dunked on Hector as a Hector Gomez. Hector, and Hector had somebody else on a plane to Chicago to sign a contract, yeah. and he never. Marcelo Zuna was a white. Oh, yeah, Marcelo Zuna was. Yeah, yeah. So I'm so talking, that's what I feel like. I'm talking Vince Carter elbow in the rim dunking on Bob if these signings do not happen. That's what sucks though. If there's one White Sox guy, it's Bob Nightingale. <laughs> yeah. Question for you, White Sox guys too. I mean, obviously you see a lot of names that are thrown about, and we've seen a couple of White Sox personalities as well. Kind of throw this out there, and then and David Howe uh, as well. I mean. I think it's absolutely insane because he wants to be an owner. But what do you guys think about these ideas that are people throwing around Theo Epstein as, as you know, it's like nah. everyone hated him when he was with the Cubs. And all of a sudden he's like, they're sucking his toes, uh, but he's going to be an owner. Right. I mean, that, that that's kind of like a not going to happen kind of thing. Rex unless Ryan Gary sells, right. I think they hated him just because of the team he worked for. I mean, everyone who knows anything about baseball knows that guy is very good at that position. One of the best, if you will. Um, and if the White Sox had a chance to get him, why wouldn't they? But I think, well, Fidge, you said it, and then Herb, I responded to one of your tweets. The only way I'm seeing Theo Epstein come to the White Sox is if he's the owner. Okay. There, there's no way he's taking a GM role. Zero chance. Oh. Or, or even a president. He has nothing to prove. He has nothing to prove. Even if they make him the president – Soul decision maker, whatever he's not playing second fiddle to Jerry. Well, th- does he have like a godfather, godson relationship with anyone? Maybe he can. <laughs> maybe he can do that. He can bring Yonder Alonzo in. Yeah. And see if he can. He can uh, maybe he could be the cool uncle. You know, like he's the guy that'll leave a twelve pack by the back door for you and your friends. Just don't tell your mom. You know, like ladies and, ladies and gentlemen. I know you saw him creep in. And he's living up to his name, NASCAR <laughs> Mitch, showing up in his car. He's what? got some oh. shovels and some lie in the back, I'm sure. Like shovels, some lie, some lawn darts. I don't know. Is that a 1993 Dodge Caravan that people want to know? <laughs> it is not. It's a 18 <laughs> Ford Escape. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. Bad boy. He's a bad boy cruising the streets of Missouri. Oh, yeah. We're whipping. So, Mitch, I know you're you're pressed for time because you, you're kind of out here on your break from work, and we appreciate you. What a what a pro's pro. Wireless mic on too. Is that a, is that a, is that a Sennheiser you got going there? Yeah, it gives me extra time. Now I can just jump back into my shot like afterwards yep. for the time. Make sure to mute it though, so you're not like the guys doing the guys doing on air news hits about meth labs. Jumps in his car to talk about the White Sox. Gets back in the car to talk about you know weed or some other drug problem in St. Louis, and then there he goes. But just be careful because you don't want to pull a, you want to pull a Frank Drebin and accidentally have the mic on now. That would be funny. I did well, make sure to turn it up. Yeah, that would be funny. That'd be, well, that'd be really funny. But, Mitch, I know you're here and everything. We're talking with Herb about the possibility of Chris Getz 
and some dude named Dayton, sick name, uh, joining the White Sox as the GM and whatever. But where are you at with everything, Mitch? Well, I think the first, like when the news came out, initially was just like shocked that it actually happened. But right away, it was hard to get excited because you know how the White Sox operate. The first thought was, and like I think I put it in the chat, was like, oh, here comes the Chris Getz era. Because you know that they love promoting. Oh, yeah, I blame you for all of this. So and, like, don't even yep. start. Yep. <laughs> that, and, you know, get what Getz doesn't have any qualifications to be a GM. The department he's the head of, like it's well documented, the White Sox don't develop players particularly well considering the talent pool they've had. Mm-hmm. And he's the head of all of that. So that doesn't uh, – give you a whole lot of confidence and then Dayton Moore they're very familiar with him down here in, in Kansas City I mean they lucked their way into those two pennant runs but if you look at his record as a general manager really wasn't that much better either so I think things are going to get a lot worse before they get better based off of these initial reports and then you got Tony La Russa you hear is going to come in as, as an advisor maybe maybe not but like it wouldn't put it past him. I, I don't know nothing this team does like really surprises me anymore it's also funny True. listening to all like the stuff that's coming out with Rick Hahn trying to make him come out smelling like a bed of roses. Like, well, you know, actually I wasn't uh, for the Jake Berger trade. And, uh, Oh, by the way, um, uh, Kenny was going over my head with a lot of this stuff. I just find that kind of funny too, knowing the lawyer side of Rick Hahn that they, all of this suddenly is leaking out. Um, Oh, by the I, way, Mitch, you have homework hmm. you to uh, record a dramatic reading of Rick Hahn's official statement after he got fired. Oh, God, yeah, we'll get yeah. Some, we'll get on that. We'll have yeah. something tomorrow. Yep, and and then an exit meeting with Andrew Benintendi. Yep, and then Mitch, before when you got like a minute left and you got to go back in, you got to let us know because our boy Jack just paid five bucks for a, a NASCAR minute. All right, so. now the pressure's on. That's yep. but um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. It, it's not nothing's gonna change. It, Reinsdorf needs to sell the team. I think that's like the only way things get fixed around here, just knowing how they operate. Because it's hard to get excited with Chris Getz as the general manager. It's just... Would you follow the uh, White Royals to uh, Nashville? Stop calling them the White Royals, dude. <laughs> Herb, sounds... I, I just love seeing her like lose it. Aaron. The White Royals sounds like the third in command of the clan, dude. Oh goodness! I'm, I'm sorry. Not worried about it, and Herb. I know you guys talked about it on your podcast, but like, there's no. Sh- Jerry is smarter than we give him credit for, despite the fact that he's cheap at times. Like he knows they're they're not moving to Nashville. It makes no sense financially for him. He's all about making money. Why would he move to a smaller market? So I'm not worried about that. If for some reason they did, I wouldn't root for him. No. Tinley Park, baby. Come Imagine on wearing a White Royals hoodie. Like, oh man, you can't. <laughs> Fucking all though. <laughs> Tough oh, scene. Put a little too much starch in it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> There's uh, some places down here in Missouri. I would definitely be a hit wearing a white royal. <laughs> I'm sure, oh, I'm sure oh, they make them. Mm. I'm sure you can buy it at like a Bucky's or whatever. Mm, that whole, yeah, the whole right side of that state. Yep. You, you can go pick one up for us, Mitch. <laughs> but. I think they could just call it the clan down here, not the white Royals. But... <laughs> Holy shit, man. Uh, but the Nashville wizards, like rebrand. So I know Mitch, we, we talked about it already in a little bit of length, but I mean, what do you want to see happen? If in fact gets, and this is all just like, maybe it's Jerry dipping his toe in the water to see what the reaction, which has been predictably horrendous but let's start going that way who if you mitch had the decision right now to make who are some of the guys you're interviewing 
Oh. I'm putting you on the spot. You can, if you don't know guys' names, you can just say guys. Like, I want the second in command from Tampa Bay. You know, whatever. That would you be want. Start. Yeah. And they definitely. It needs to be someone outside the organization. With all the bumbling and like this, it's like an onion. Like, as each week goes on, more stories about how dysfunctional they are come out. So, like, how can you have someone from inside the organization running things again? If you truly want to clean the house. Um, and I don't think Pedro's at fault. Pedro Grafol's at fault for a lot of it, but I would hope the new guy can pick a new manager because it's clear he's way out of his depth. There's no mm-hmm. reason he should be. Two things can be true. It's not his fault that they're dysfunctional, but he's also not a very good manager. So I hope bring, he, he's gone. Bring back Matt uh, Yost. If I was the White Sox, and I know you guys were talking about right before I came on, and it's not Jerry Style once again, but I'm handing um, I'm handing a blank check to Theo. I'm how much. It's not happening, Mitch. Just let that. Just well, you never... know, Phil Jackson said the same thing, and the Knicks got him out of retirement. Now, mind you, it didn't work out well so for them. Maybe not the best example, but you but know, Theo's not but... retired, man. He's got a very cushy job with Major League Baseball, and he likes where he's at. Blank money talks, though. Blank check. Well, Jerry's I mean, you might as yeah. well like somebody said. If you give him ownership share, yep, with the possibility, even the eventuality of him maybe being the majority stakeholder eventually he'll think about it because that's where he's tracking i think case yes. you think that right i think yeah i think then that's happy then that, yeah. you're all right that's how you cook that's the only way that this even gets off the ground is if that is waved in front of his face and yeah i mean again i if I was the one making this decision i don't think the kansas city fucking royals is the team that i'm like we got to get their guys those are the guys we got to go get. I it's mean, bizarre, isn't it? Like every move they make has some royal tie. It's, it's, it's like even Hans Rolfer in the offseason, we were like, this is weird. Why are they bringing him up? Oh, royal connection. And yep. then, uh, by the him. way, royal connection. We, we, so heard, the, we heard the rumor around the trade deadline, but like you yep. guys, the White Sox are 100% trading for Salvador oh. Perez. That's, oh, yeah. That's I mean, already happened. Yeah. Like, like, it's done. He's already got his. It. Is white royals gear, and George <laughs> Brett will also be in charge of laundry. <laughs> I saw, oh, one of the greatest stories, but pants last night. Yeah, the Selby, and I just don't get it. Like, why wouldn't you be going after someone in the front office in Tampa Bay, in Houston, in fuck Arizona right now? Because they're high, Baltimore is doing what we wanted to do. Like all of these other teams that you possibly can go out and just poach from that front office. Nope. Go get me the guy that has put our farm system in hell for the last seven years. Call him up and then go get some porn weirdo from Kansas City, too. And, and, Let's go. <laughs> and it's what Herb said. Like, no one's going after Chris Getz. Why? No. <laughs> you're not protecting. You're not like, like oh, we have, we have this guy everybody wants. Let's promote him right now. No one's calling. No one's calling 35th and Shields. But like, hey, we, we need to interview Chris Getz. Unless Gets' his mom's doing like voices on the phone, like, "Hey, I really, really interested in that Gets guy." <laughs> oh <my gosh>. <laughs> <laughs> like, phone phone numbers. Pedro fully on board with Gets or what? I saw like some headline. It's like, of course, of like, course, that was the nail in the coffin for me. He, like, he was like in the meetings. Chris Gets was in the meetings with Pedro Gafal and Rick Hahn to interview Pedro for the job. So, you know what? Fate complete. Like he he knew he was coming. If he's going to be the GM. He know Pedro's gonna be safer next year. Yep. You, you know what else pisses me off about the whole thing? Like, and 
don't get me wrong, like everyone was happy that Kenny and Rick got fired, but they can't even get the firing right. Like the timing of that was totally bizarre. They let him make moves at the trade deadline, trading away key pieces. They're trusting him to do that. They're letting him call the shots of the amateur draft. Like what what the hell was the timing of that with like six weeks left in the season? Like it made no sense the timing that they fired him. I they can't it, even it was really weird on a Tuesday night an hour before first pitch. That was that was very strange. And like all those said when we first started the show, nobody had this. This was the White Sox official statement, which is very rare these days in the days of social media and Twitter and everything, that a team breaks their own news. I thought that was very weird as well. And Jerry was looking at the season tickets for next year and was like, oh, right. wow, it's like it's no, no one's, uh, no one's renewing. <laughs> well, Chris Getz puts butts in seats. We know that. Um, just fuck. I, I had a thought where I was going to go with it. And I just played. I don't know. I mean, I've seen some people throw out names. There was one guy from uh, the Atlanta Braves that everybody's looking for. Uh, Herb, I don't mean to put you on the spot too because I'm terrible with names, but is there anybody that ideally you'd like to see get a, at least an interview, if you will, for this GM position? If we're talking about people that need to be elevated, and I've said this name before, um, what she's done this year with the talent that she has down there in Miami is she's doing mm-hmm. a tremendous job with King Kimming on the precipice, on like right on, on the outside looking in for the wild card. And I know the expanded playoffs makes teams that are maybe not good qualify for the playoffs. And you can have your qualms on whether the Marlins are a good organization or not, but I think she has gotten them to a level that, you know, they get to every once in a while where they're competitive, they've developed talent and whether they keep it or not is, you know, their MO is no, but I think that she would be a good executive vice president. If you go chasing her, like you go chasing Chris Getz and make her the executive vice president of baseball operations, I think most would be like, thank you. Ken Rose had your belt, though. One at a time, one at a time. One time. No, Ken no, Rose had belt if that happened, that's all. I know. Well, I was going to say, yeah, she, we already saw her go head-to-head with uh, Kenny Williams and beat him and played him like a cheap flute in the trade deadline with that Jake Berger trade. We don't know. What if that kid, oh, what if that kid wins the Cy Young in the next five years? I hope he does. They put so much unfair pressure on that kid now. Like, he has to be a starter in the rotation next year with the way things are shaping up, and it's an unfair mm-hmm. amount of pressure for a kid that's just coming off an injury. Uh, I, I, I don't know. I think it's a recipe for disaster. I hope it works out, but. She does have White Sox ties, though, but go... Any mother-daughter relationships, though. <laughs> you gotta go back to the relationships, guys. Nothing uh, else matters to Jake. These well, are the teams you need to hit up. You need to hit up, again, Baltimore, Atlanta, Arizona, all these teams that did what you were supposed to do, and you basically failed at. And I think it was, uh, again, uh, Ryan uh, McGuffey, NBC Sport, and again, he just, he earns, he went up so many tears with me in the last 48 hours. I mean, it's that Shaq meme. Like, I apologize. I was unfamiliar with your game. That's me with Ryan right now. But he said, and this is what hit me the most, that the White Sox are now going to be the basically the benchmark for failing a rebuild. Like, when a GM for another team is, like, convincing his owner, like, hey, we need to tear it down and rebuild this thing, the owner's probably going to be like, well, you need to convince me that we're not going to do what the White Sox did. Do you know how fucking embarrassing that is? Like, but he's right. 
He's absolutely right. There's there's no arguing that. This was a complete fail of a rebuild. They traded their best guys to get these prospects that some of them panned out. Some of them definitely did not. But when the time came to shit or get off the pot and spend money to complete the rebuild, they fucking failed every time. And that's a fail failure at all levels. And instead of going outside of that failure, they're trying to, (laughs) I, I, I'm, my, they're going to give me a fucking heart attack. <laughs> they really, I mean, it's just, but I'm going to try to spin this right now and you guys can dunk on me if you want, but I'm going to try to be a little positive about this. Two things. One, this, what if this is Jerry Sorry. again, using Bob as his puppet to kind of check the pulse of the fan base, awesome. which I, I doubt that's the case, but it could be. Or two, Jerry gets his puppet and gets a lot of puppets going on right now, gets his puppet and gets, and then he does, I forgot the guy's name, but remember when Detroit's owner was like in his eighties, like Jerry, and he knew he was about to like, he had one foot in the grave and he was was out. Yeah. And so he basically went to his GM and was just like blank check. I just want to win one more year before I fucking go. Maybe Jerry just goes to gets and he's like, Hey, I'm going to make you my guy. I'm going to give you an open blank check. Just make this shit happen. And you're going to, this can make your career. You could be the guy that responsible, but I let you just spend all this money. I don't even know who they'd spend money on because the white, the free agent class is kind of cheeks this upcoming season off season, but Otani and yeah. Oh, but that's my third and funnier suggestion is you just make Otani the GM pl- player GM. <laughs> There's and get him come to the White Sox. He's from outside the organization. Um, he once saw the Royals play. Um, there's a yeah. lot of you're, you're cutting into Theo's sort of owner. And the Kansas thing. City. Yeah. Uh, he's, he can I don't. It's great. I mean, he has an infant son, so the father-son relationships are working right there. Although the GM, <laughs> he's got he's fatherly pretty. figure. Um, I don't. I for some weird, weird reason, I do think. It could be the the letter there where Jerry's just like, all right, I'm going in complete fuck it mode. I want it one more year. Guts won't argue with me. He won't push back. I want this guy, this guy, that guy. I, Jerry goes all last Vegas. <laughs> yeah, I doubt it. I do doubt it. And I know who I'm talking about. I know the man that I'm talking about right now. But I'm just trying to I hear not, you. not be completely negative about it. It's very hard, folks. And if you, you watch this show, you know I'm a very positive, try to be optimistic guy. If you follow me on Twitter, this, I am grasping at straws right now. Fids, that always trips me out when your camera follows you. But <laughs> <laughs> go ahead, Mitch. Sorry. Did you guys talk about Eloy's comments yesterday? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, no. That's where I want to go because, Herb, I know um, you know we had you for an hour here. I just want to get this your opinion on this before you depart. No, I, I'm, I'm good whenever. Okay. You know, well. Good. Whatever, however many time, however much time you want to give us, because we can go on a third podcast in a second. Yeah, so. we've, uh, yeah, <laughs> the guys, but yeah, dogs, we've been doing uh 108 style shows for the last like two months where we're two, two and a half hours. So whenever you got to bounce, just let us know. But after uh Tuesday night's game, uh, in the locker room, a very I don't know. He looked very defeated. Eloy's very, usually very chipper, even in losses. Like he kind of has that happiness, a very positive energy around him, but it looked like a very different Eloy. And I know he just, 
his wife just had a baby or girlfriend or whoever. I don't know his situation, but he just became a father. And that experience, I can tell you, is you go through a lot of emotions in that week when you first become a father. But he looked very kind of defeated. And they asked him if anyone or if there's been any conversations about who's going to be the leader in this clubhouse or if they've talked about leaders in this clubhouse or anything like that. And he was just not really. <laughs> Go ahead, Mitch. That looked and sounded like a player that did not care. The body language stunk. The answers were all vanilla and monotone. And really when you boil down to it, like that's the reason Rick Hahn got fired because those are the guys that he put all of his eggs into his basket to where it was like, you're banking on these prospects to overachieve every year. Cause that was a lot of the things is like, well, everyone just have a career year type thing. And like, when you peel back everything like him and Moncada were the guys that they were relying on to overachieve. Like there looks no shred of leadership there. It didn't sound like he cared. I mean, we see Moncada on a nightly basis. It doesn't look like he cares. And ultimately, which, and that's what stinks too. Cause I think when the moves were first made, like all of us were on board. Like when you saw the return for Chris sale, you saw mm-hmm. the return for Lucas. It's like, yeah, like this, this makes sense. I think they're doing a good job. And in reality, they didn't have the character. Like, you know, it's a lot of the times it's about fit over talent and they didn't have the character to carry this team. And that's why everyone, like, that's why it's getting fired. That's why the rebuild didn't work out because these are the guys they hitched their wagon to and they don't give a shit. That, that's what's need, about the whole thing. You need somebody with their, with their thumb on the pulse of the, of the clubhouse at the same time, understanding like the, the symmetry or the synergy, excuse me, that goes on in that clubhouse too. And it seemed like Han felt that talent alone you just throw a bunch of dudes together talent wise or not whether or not you're worried about chemistry it didn't seem like chemistry seemed to be an issue it looked like it was just it's almost like you're playing with only numbers and not emotions and humans and right you know you've seen it with some of the behavior and some of the attitudes with some of the guys i mean you know tim anderson hasn't been a a ball of uh, puppy dogs all, all season and and eloy hasn't been you know happy eloy and, and you can tell a hell of a lot about people's character when they're losing more than when winning everyone's best friends when you're winning and so you've seen this in the clubhouse too and you've got guys that maybe don't don't put in the extra work now. You know, we're down. I'm not trying to get better. You know, we're losing anyway. These, some of these guys, this is the time to get better. This is the time to improve when your team has no pressure. And some of these guys are not taking these extra reps for granted. And I think when you have a front office that has their finger on the pulse of a clubhouse and knows that you, you do understand that you, ha- you can't have all just great athletes because that talent will only get you so far when put up against equal or even sometimes lesser talent that actually has a, hasn't has their head in the game, you're going to, you're going to lose nine out of 10 times. And I think that's a big part of it. I think that the lack of that pulse understanding caused him to put together a team that did not fit or mesh, whether no matter who you brought in as their leader, as far as a, a manager was concerned they're, they were all doomed really. Yeah. I mean, at that point, I'm not one for, cliche answers but if Eloy even was just like yeah you know you know it's something that we're talking about you know we'll figure it out that'd be fine by me but he just straight up was like no no like Tim Anderson this morning was like exactly that it didn't sound like he believed what he's saying but at least he said the right things when they're asking I'm like are you gonna get into this leadership well you know I'm trying to lead by example hopefully we can find like some lead like that's all he had to say there's a million things Eloy could have said just not what he said and that is why there's a lack of leadership. Like, how can you like not have a pulse on what's going on? Like, baffling. Yep. And I like to quote the movie, and some people don't like, uh, excuse me, remember the Titans that much because different Adam- reasons. But I love that movie. 
and Denzel Washington is one of the, one of his greatest performances. But it was sorry about that. It was the part where they're coming together as a team, and Julius Campbell says to Bertier, "Attitude reflects leadership," and that's the the answer that Aloy gave that day, yeah. and that's how this team goes because the top is the leader. Jerry mm-hmm. Reinsdorf doesn't care about the fans, doesn't care about necessarily winning, cares about you know advancing his own plans in very selfish ways. And I feel like that filters throughout. That's why Kenny and Rick are fighting. That's why you know rumors of people not liking Brooks Boyer too much. Hawk Harrelson has gone on podcasts pretty mm-hmm. much saying it as much. You know, they're all trying to get their you know, get their head up and impress Jerry because he's the the altar and everybody it filters down to, they're all very selfishly playing for themselves or doing jobs for themselves for their own survival and trying to curry favor with Jerry. And I think we see who won and who curried the most favor with Jerry because Chris Getz reportedly may be getting the job. And so I think that answer that Eloy gave is just part of that selfish thing as you said mitch tim might not be a leader some people are not leaders but he said the right thing and that's what a leader does when you you and maybe tim's been humbled or or come down from where he was and, and you know he needed some clearing of his head and coming back from the suspension gave him because today he looked awesome with the bat and you know getting the first run in and stuff like that scoring the winning run you know use his head to score the winning run so maybe eventually he'll be the leader, but that's what a leader says when you're asked the question. You got to know to fake it until you make it. Yeah. And Aloy just gave a crappy answer, and it led to a great rant by Chuck Garfine, which I'm yeah. good. I'm glad Chuck is. Yeah, Chuck's showing Chuck is pissed. You got to really good. Bad to get Chuck exactly. fired up. Yeah, and he's cussing on the podcast. <laughs> you, you, yeah, you got Chuck is you got Chuck bad. And that's I find good, it interesting. So. Nobody's like been rushing to like de- compl- like to uh, maybe it's because it's gone so bad. No one's been rushing out to declare themselves the leader either. Usually, you have one or two guys that are like my locker room or like throwing. Out. Yeah, Luis Robert. Like I'm not a leader, even though we we, we we've even talked about that on social media. You, I mean, if you do your work and you show up every day, you are a fucking leader, whether or not you yeah. want to be or not. You're just doing it by example. But nobody wants to like accept the mantle of this right now, like because it, it almost feels like you have to wear the blame because it happened under your watch and it's hard to step up. If you want to have, you know, be the leader, like say, I don't know, there's a player in that locker room that wants to stand up and be the, in this kind of circumstance. You kind of just got to be like, Oh, we're going to wait till next year. And then I'll reinvent myself in the off season. And we'll come back and visit this. But I will say for it, Tim has said a couple times, Tim has indicated that this is his team a couple times. And he's, he has said like, I'm going to lead by example. I'm just trying to do my thing and lead this, whatever. He's the only one though. Like, and I agree with you though, Fids, that I feel like Luis Robert is the, he's very soft spoken. He's not a very vocal guy. And I, he is one of those guys where they're going to see his work ethic and they're going to see the results of his work ethic. And that's, a, it's like a different type of leadership. So it's I agree. Than with the horse and pony show. It's better than the horse and pony show. Yeah. I just ran into like Jose Abreu, but then like once Jose Abreu left, everybody was like starting to shit on him. It was like, oh well, was Jose actually a leader? Like he never like, like yeah. got on anyone's ass. Or yeah, anything. he was. Look how much worse it got. 
Nope. <laughs> he absolutely was. People liking it. He wasn't a vocal guy, but he absolutely was. Just like I, everyone respected him, which can't be said for a lot of the guys in this clubhouse. Like he universally respected him. I do think that at one, at one point, a manager does have to play a role into maybe he's he doesn't have to police every single player, every single thing that somebody does. But like you know, we've heard the the leadership, the the just no no rules or whatever. And I started with like in twenty twenty one when the White Sox were winning, but guys were it sounded like they just got to do whatever. There was no repercussions, no consequences for doing wrong, right, whatever, those those bad habits kept building. And then once they started losing, you couldn't really go back. It was too late. Like mm-hmm. Pedro Gafol comes in, first-time manager. He's like, no one really respects what he's saying, it, it seems like. And it, and it goes back to when they were winning, you had guys probably not acting professionally or uh, what a good professional should do uh, in, in, uh, in a professional league here. Mm-hmm. And then the problem just keeps building because then you get the injuries, you lose the talent, they come back, they're, they just go back to the bad habits. It's like, well, I mean, we, we won before, we're fine. No one said anything then. Why should I care now? Mm-hmm. Eloy, I mean, Eloy, for years, love the guy. Still, even mm-hmm. with the White Sox, great. I think he's still going to be a good hitter for many years. Mm-hmm. But we've seen the stories back when he got hurt in April, and then we kept seeing it back when he was called out by Jesse Rogers. Like it doesn't seem like a guy who takes his craft seriously, right? Like does doesn't when he's warming up doesn't warm up like you're supposed to. Doesn't take that seriously. When did that start? Why did no one like go up to him and be like Eloy? Hey Ozzie, man, you got you got to do, you gotta do some work. Ozzy like, said gotta, it's not just Eloy either. Mancata, all these guys. He's yeah, like, like all these guys, like yeah. the same type of injuries popping up, mm-hmm. and it just goes back to like where was. Pedro. The leadership from anyone going mm-hmm. back to when things were going good. And I know you're saying, uh, Kevin, I agree with, uh, when you say, you know, it, you see the best character when things aren't going well. But you also have to nip things in the butt when, like, things are going bad. Yeah. Or when, when you see bad things when everything looks, like, cozy. It's like, oh, we're winning. It's 2021. We got the, we got the division wrapped up. Ah, uh, we missed a couple of meetings. Who cares? We're not putting in the work pre-game. Ah, it's fine. We're, we're winning. Right. That's it. Right that's there. a problem. That's it right there because you know what? You know people that, that – I don't know if you hear people call someone a negative now. You win a game four to four or four to three or whatever, right? You win, you win four to three, and you're like, yeah, we won, right? And people are like, fuck it, great. Well, then you got the people that are also sitting back going, okay, this right here, this right here, this right here, this right here, this right here could have cost us this game. We need to tighten this shit up. And they're like, you're a negative Nelly. You're pointing out, well, can't you just enjoy the ride? Can't you just enjoy the win? winning is great, but at the same time, you can look at a win and know there are good wins and bad wins. There are good losses and bad losses. I, I do believe in that like philosophy, but the fact is you have to be able to, especially when you're winning, maintain the same routine and the same kind of discipline and the same kind of uh, accountability that you would if shit was going sour. I mean, there's a reason why coaches literally keep players on their roster saying, Look, I could lose with this guy. Some coaches literally go, which guys on this tryout could I lose with and, and, and still survive and be okay with it? Because they are that kind of character. And then you, obviously, when you win, obviously, it's a lot different. But it's the, it's the same kind of concept. If you don't have that continuity throughout, you cannot manifest and, and maintain consistency through the inevitable highs and lows of a game of losses. That is just, it, you have to have that 
all the way across the board consistently from start to finish. You cannot waver and just say, well, we're winning now. Let's let the guys have a little bit of time. No, you don't let them off the hook until the job is done. And when the job is done, then you let them off the hook. I love that thing that the Cubs used to do, which was, was the old celebrate for 30 minutes after, after a win and then turn the page. It wins, losses, doesn't matter. 30 minutes after it's over, it's over, it's gone, tomorrow's here. And that's, that's what happens sometimes is it is easy, especially with professional athletes, to let them kind of just start wiggling into kind of like, you know, complacency. Look at Javi Baez. Dude showed up late to meetings, skipped meetings, was show, you know, doing whatever, getting McDonald's during the middle of a fucking game. Nobody gave a shit. Why? Because Javi was that's Javi. Awesome. They let that shit happen. I that's respect that move. You know, I mean, get the munchies. Mitch. We'll still be here. I think this is going to go for a while. So, and you owe Jack a NASCAR minute. I do. I don't want to try to come back on then after and do it or whatever. Well, if we're still here, come on back. Put it on your OnlyFans. I don't want to waste Jack's uh, money there. All right. Um, all. He'll understand. You're still then, on in like 10 15. That's probably when wrap Possibly. Do it live on the air for in St. Louis. And then I'll post the NASCAR. And then Herb, you've been very gracious with your time. Really appreciate it, Herb. And uh, before you go, though, I mean, can you put any kind of spin or optimism or where do you think this is going to go? Um, and firstly, I got frozen. My internet frozen in the middle of uh, KFID's speech right there. Man, you was cooking, brother. Yep. <laughs> Preaching out there. That, was, that stuff was awesome right there. It's it, like open up a different perspective for me. I never thought of and It's just a, a, a explanation of what I used to like in what people call process over results. Like, yeah, you won, but you did this, that, and the other wrong, mm-hmm. man, we lost, but man, everything was right. Get gentlemen. We were doing the things we needed to go. And that was perfect. What you said. And I would say the, the positive spin would be the only positive spin. Cause you were bringing up the point, uh, Zoe, that maybe Jerry, and this is the, the most flowerist of yes. opinions. I'm good for that. Maybe he is just using Chris as a puppet to tell him to spend all the money you can, and it's all on me. I'm trying to get good before I die. The Mike Illich in Detroit mm-hmm. way. Yep. <sighs> he can do that if he wanted to with a person that is qualified to do the job. Mm-hmm. Like you were talking about with Baltimore, they came here last year and they had a under 500 record. I remember it was like a four game set mm-hmm. and the white Sox were competing still. I mean, they were competing all the way through until September when Cleveland ended their season for the AL central title. And they cleaned their clocks. I think they won three out of four games. And I was like, if you look at those two teams for the four, you never knew anything about baseball. And you say one of those teams is competing. One of those teams is under 500. Last year in 2022, Baltimore looked like a team that wanted to compete. And after that, they had a pretty good year to finish up 2022. And whoever is the second in charge of doing that, I want that on my team. Because also, the owner of that team, Peter Angelos, who is – not really running the team. I think he's incapacitated. His son, John Angelos, running the team. If you know anything about the Angelos, is terrible, terrible owners, mm-hmm. just like Jerry Reinsdorf is. So whoever this person, people are, who's second, third in charge, who knows how to get that talent that they got, because they were bad too, and then they've rebuilt to this level where they are the best team 
in the American League. One mm-hmm. of the best teams competing all the all the way in the playoffs this year. I want that. I want that here in Chicago. If they would have hired that guy to be baseball ops person, and Jerry wanted to, that guy to have the open check to open up the analytics department, the research and development department, the the sports management department, the sports psychology department, because White Sox players are totally gone. They their mental like Michael Kopech. I think he needs mental training to make sure that he is known that he is Michael Kopech. Cause I think he forgets that every damn start he pitches <laughs> and he's like, he's not fragile, but he's emotional and he mm-hmm. doesn't know how to harness the guy that's in there. You see it from time to time. This may, yeah. you saw it like he had three, four starts. He's like, yes, they need that. And so if that yep. was the guy, they got that guy, the guy from Atlanta, that's the second in charge. The guy from Tampa is second in charge. I would have been down for it, but mm-hmm. not from our organization. It's one of the worst organizations in baseball and not from an organization, which I consider worse than the White Sox, which is in the Royals. Mm-hmm. And we brought both of those teams together and we're messing up. And I think Jerry's not going to do that. But I would say if he did that, I would be like, man, we're positive. I can't even spend the positive thing that you're doing. So I can't I get there. I try. I'm trying to get there. Try. And, and like, like a lot of medication, the, the, <laughs> the process of results, this might work out because you get a contract year from Yohan Mankata where he's magically healthy. Now you get a contract year from Tim Anderson where he's magically healthy and his mentals, right. Mm-hmm. And they, they perform up to expectations to the 90th percentile where usually Kenny and Jen and uh, Rick wanted them to be, and they win the, AL Central 86 wins next year. Uh, and Chris Getz runs into that. Chris Getz is now a genius, you know? <laughs> he fixed everything. Yay! And but we know it's still it's still broken. We know everything is still broken. And so that's what I fear. And we know that I feel that Chris Getz is gonna be here for minimum five years if this is the thing. Yeah. He's not gonna bro- break off this as long as he's alive. So is Jerry going to be here think, for five years? I he's going to be here forever. Whatever. <laughs> there's no, there's no, he, you know, 120. Things don't die. Things like that don't die. No. Like, he's going to keep his money. He's going to be happy as hell, being just a miserly guy running David Lopan, bad, badass team. They just got What's an office with a frozen head in it in one of those like cases. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just Jerry. Well, Herb, one more time before you go. <laughs> oh, and, that, and that uh make a player wow yeah i did that today on the show i was yeah very busy uh, <laughs> looks like he could be the team captain yeah uh, yeah with the face too uh, oh you yeah. should have done andrew vaughn he's the he's the leader remember like burning crosses and such yeah uh, oh yeah right <laughs> <laughs> right See, before, they're all uniforms are what never mind uh, right cool. before uh han left he was he was really trying hard to get your boy fitz built up as the oh, leader yeah. of this team that uh, was rick han's leader yeah rick well, they, would, they would ask rick han they're just like hey uh you got the time we'd be like oh yeah it's uh 2 30 and andrew vaughn is developing into a hell of a leader let me tell you <laughs> like he just slipped it into every conversation which was absolutely wild so i I don't know. I mean, whoever takes over this team is literally inheriting this. 
which good luck. All man. right, Benintendi's gonna outlast all of them. Yeah, and <laughs> the red letters mean it's their their option year, but there's one TA but a lot of TBA. Yeah, not a hot start. Yeah, but, that starting pitcher thing. Oof. Yeah, and no, and, no, one. no one, and the White Sox. Oof. Yeah, well, hey, that switch hitting catcher they got from the Angels just hit another home run. So, yay! There you go. He's four years away. Heard Montgomery yeah. driving around too. <laughs> oh, I forgot to tell. I was going to make Mitch's night. Trey Mancini signed with the Reds. Oh, he is going to hit a home run against the Cubs in a big spot, and yep. um, Cubs fans are going to be very upset. Hayward, but, at least the, the Cubs don't have to pay for me anymore, right? Uh, I, I it's just the difference of whatever the I, I mean, what the what's the league right? minimum? The the prorated league minimum it gets cut off, so from seven million to six and a half million more, Sa- saving the rickets half a million half a million bucks. That's what it's all about. You know where that's going <laughs> to the Nashville White Royals to the to the, to the White Royals, baby. The White Royals, baby. <laughs> um, I didn't even put that together when you showed us the picture earlier, although I just thought it was funny that you had. I, I wrote like, it out and I'm like, should I change it? I know what everyone's going to say. I'm not going to change it. Didn't click for me right away. And then the second time around, I was like, <laughs> I just thought of that. Uh, uh, what's that comedian's name that has like the, the fake record company and everything? Drewski. I just thought of that Drewski meme where he's just he's laughing. He's like, "That's got to be racist somehow." That, that's exactly. Oh man, that's just funny as fuck. I mean, it's in the right state too. It's a perfect state. It all lines up. It all lines up. I just, I don't know. This is wild. I saw somebody. I forgot the number now. There's a. It's like plot seventy eight. It's downtown, like right on the the lakefront. It's this is big plot of land that's been empty for a while. Apparently, some people think that that's where Jerry would build a stadium. I don't know where people where this where's this money coming from? Who's building the stadium? I don't. And then I've also heard uh, there's available land in Tinley Park, which selfishly I'd be like, let's ride. <laughs> but <laughs> is there is there room in Tinley Park? Apparently, yes. I I mean, if they can't, I mean. For every municipality, I don't want them to pay. And I feel like a municipality like Tenley Park and a municipality like Arlington Heights will eventually pay because mm-hmm. getting something in their community like the White Sox is more valuable to them than it oh, is yeah. to Chicago, who's understood and knows that $500 million still left to pay for Soldier Field is not cheap. And I think $50 million for a guaranteed rate is not cheap. And what do we get out of it? We don't get to go there on an empty Tuesday with right. our tax dollars. No, that's their building, even though it's the Illinois State uh, what Sports Authority's building. But like Kenley <laughs> Park, I hope whoever's in there do not pay for that. Do not pay for that stadium. No, yeah, but dog. I would love for it to be in T- in Tenley Park. That'd be a great place if they Self- keep it like selfishly. South Side or South Suburbs. Yeah. yeah, I'm in. Selfishly, I I would buy season tickets. If they moved it to Tenley Park, because that'd be so close and be nice. Yeah, yeah, dog. They're gonna go to Burbank. That's the White Sox are going to move to Burbank. Room and Stager. Yeah, nothing's wrong. There's with Burbank an empty here. lot on. I married 59. a very lovely girl from Burbank. As soon as I said that, from across the room, what's wrong with Burbank? I almost got shanked in my own house. But How about Crete Moni, can we move out there? Yeah, I mean, There's a lot of room. The farther south you go, 
There no, is. No, I was gonna say there's Man. been a lot hey, wide crazy. open for like like 15 years in Plainfield on uh, Caton Farm in 59. There's a there's Walmart land. across and then nothing else. <laughs> Move down go there. Across the street from the Cook <laughs> County line and Jerry can just get silly. Yeah. Move it up Old Munger Road. Yeah, Actually, that would be perfect. <laughs> across County line. Yep. Nothing, just cornfields. You got plenty of parking. Uh, build a, build a, your own little Gallagher Way, whatever you want. Socks Villa, Socks Playhouse, whatever he wants to do. Go to Munger Road. Let's go. Get DraftKings in there, FanDuel. Just, you know, as long as it's by a major highway and you can get some kind of public transportation there. I know we're joking about it, but that's exactly what Atlanta is. If you guys have been there, yes, I have. I've heard the comparisons like, hey, look what the Braves did. They, yeah, just out of nowhere. It's in Cobb County. It's not close to downtown area. You got it far away and. They've built a whole community over there, and they have highways over there. So yep. Naperville makes sense in a way, but I'm not driving up to fucking Naperville. No. <laughs> Atlanta I'm in that area. I'm good. I've never. I used but, to sorry, drive. Joe, I'm not. I'm not jumping on you, Joe. Sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> Atlanta is the most frustrating highway. I don't understand how a seven lane highway could be always backed up. It's seven lanes each way. Fourteen lanes total. Because there's always some asshole going it's like twelve under the speed up. limit. It's insane. I just I used to drive through uh, Atlanta at least two or three times a year, and it's absolutely bananas. And yes, the puppies just spilled a big bucket of looks like toys and colored pencils and fun stuff right. like that. So, do you uh, do you go through there for vacations or are you working? No, when I uh, the five years I had lived in Florida, we oh, yeah. I was not well off so we drove home when we Your needed Florida to. Georgia line so yeah we would I think I flew maybe twice in five years every time every other time it was road trip which you know when you're in your early 20s road well, trips with the boys are good times Illinois to Florida and back yeah I got oh, a man. I got some good stories from the road trips there the worst was the food poisoning in Tennessee, though. Holy shit, to that! Wow, back to road? Nashville, back to the back to the White Oof, Royals. That was fucking. <laughs> yeah. the brown Royals on that one. Yeah, that was that was brutal. I that involved <laughs> me falling asleep in a hotel shower. It was brutal. That was like brutal. the team oh, song for the White Royals could be "Try yeah. That in a Small Town." Jason yeah. Aldean, you have him. Yeah, so, hey, John, this guy Yeah Dog says they should build the they should put the White Sox at 87th and Central. <laughs> I'm, I'm a little fixated right now knock down the 7-eleven in the liquor store and just put it in there that's by yeah where the dentist lives. she's she knows she's naming all the businesses right now she knew you slept in a bathtub with gastrointestinal issues that that oh, that's, yeah. a, that's builds that's character fits cool. builds character i i do want to ask you her because i've yeah. asked uh i've asked zoe before in terms of like, whenever the random talk comes and this week, obviously, it blew up with the, that Crane's uh, article about Ryan sort of thinking about maybe moving the team in six years mm-hmm. or whatever it is. But, like, as a White Sox fan, if they do move out of Chicago, mm-hmm. would you still follow the team? Like, if it's not Illinois, like, they move out. It's out of state. Like Nashville. Yeah, like, if it is the Nashville White Royals. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe they don't go with the White Royals. Maybe they maybe stick the with the White Sox. <laughs> <laughs> maybe they White stick with the White Sox name. But would you still follow them or no? Are you like, nah? I would not be a fan anymore. I would absolutely not. I mean, firstly, yes, I don't believe that has a chance of happening. Mainly because the White Sox are one of the charter members of the American League Mm -hmm. in Chicago. 
yeah. which is a metropolis over nine, well, almost nine million people. And and I said this before. Um, I think Nashville is about one point five million all around. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you just you know, people already are there are like Memphis Reds, uh, Memphis uh, Redbirds fans, which are Cardinals fans. Mm-hmm. So let's go with a hundred percent. Imagining a hundred percent of the one point five million are supporting the White Sox in Nashville if they move there. Modestly, say thirty percent of Chicagoland are cheering on the White Sox. I don't even know the breakdown, but let's go with thirty percent of the hundred for Chicago. Let's do two point seven million over right. their one point five, and let's compare the cities. Like if we're thinking as a business person, I know that. If he moves to Nashville, he's getting the stadium paid for by oh, them. Yeah. But if he, we just go the long game, he's getting more money in Chicago because the city of Chicago is a world-class city. Restaurants, yep. hotels, 100%. architecture, everything, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Go to Nashville for a party. Yeah. I'm not going down there for, <laughs> for I actually, architecture. You're going down there for some wrong stuff. You're going down there to get hammered. Wrong stuff. Yeah, you're exactly. You're going down there so, to get hammered. The two different cities. They're one's a world class city, the other one's Nashville. So I think business wise, it doesn't make sense. In that, if he's just looking for somebody to pay for a stadium, yeah, get your ass over there. I don't give a damn. But yeah. I think he's smarter than that. And I don't think you need a certain amount of people to go with you as owners. And I don't think the owners are like, you're getting out of Chicago. Why? Why? Yeah. That's even if you're a second fiddle, you're the second fiddle in one of the best cities in America. Yes, that's dumb to go to Nashville. That's really dumb. Speaking of dumb, I had someone on Twitter like, "Dude, haven't you seen those pictures of like downtown streets of Nashville filled?" I'm like, "You know, no one in those pictures is from Nashville, right? Like that's <laughs> that's mean, probably 85 percent bachelor parties." I know, can I like, defend it? But like, that's what I think about Las Vegas too. <laughs> a lot of tourists. Well, like, I mean, I don't tour- know how well it's going to go for the Las Vegas A's. Um. It'll go fine, simply because we have 2.33 million residents here in Southern Nevada, which would count because you always forget to mention Henderson, which is basically Las Vegas anyway, and North Las Vegas, which is also basically Vegas. So 2.33 million and down here in Southern like- Nevada. That doesn't include Mesquite. And it's, so. is it not you? They, they say it's like the mouse eating the cat in Vegas to Oakland. I didn't think that KFIDS. And when you bring up the 2.3 million. It doesn't seem like it, and they've supported the Golden Knights well. That's true. That's the true. Aces That's... are very well. The mm-hmm. Los Angeles or oh, sorry, Las Vegas Raiders. It's still I'm in Los Angeles. Las mm-hmm. Vegas Raiders. They've you know supported well, so they've shown out. Mm-hmm. And Las Vegas is Las Vegas. There's people who right. actually go to Las Vegas, other than a bachelorette party. I'm just saying, Zoe's Zoe's ready to make that hour flight from O'Hare to Nashville. I mean, sometimes with traffic on 55, it takes me an hour and a half to get to 35th and Shields. So let's say this: I, I would go to Las Vegas. I'm not going to Oakland, which I I'm sad that the team is moving from Oakland. I am very sad right. that the owner sucks, but I'm not going to that ballpark because he yeah. made that ballpark shitty. It's I, I'm just gonna wait the four or five years until they move to Vegas and go there and check that off the list. And I, I think don't it, need to go to Oakland. It's gonna be gone. I wish they would stay, but. Right, I'm not going to go to that terrible stadium. And another big thing, and you see it with the Las Vegas Raiders, it's Vegas, man. If there's one, if there's one city in this country that knows how to put on a fucking show, it's Las Vegas. And they don't do anything small. Look at the Raiders. And I know, Fids, you've sent me pictures of being at games and stuff like that. Like, 
you want to talk about first class amenities, like they have booths on the field level that have these big recliners and like full like restaurants and all. Could you imagine what they'll do with a baseball field? It would be it's gonna be sick, dude. Like and Nashville, I get, you know, they have the whole country scene. I've been in Nashville more times than I'd like to admit. I proposed to my wife there. I love that city. I think it's a good time, but they can't hold a candle to what Vegas can put together when it comes to the actual attraction. And I agree with Joe in the comments that people, mainly Major League Baseball, is going to be fooled by the turnout that they get for their their minor league teams and think like, oh, this will be a cool destination for this. I just, it doesn't play for me. It really doesn't. Wow, and maybe Fids, it does. Fids, we're actually talking about Vegas, and you're being quiet. <laughs> I always talk about Vegas. So I'm just I know like, you do. I'm, I'm very surprised. This was your chance. Got, this was yeah, your this chance. is this is your ah, moment. Look, I've been enjoying trolling the Oakland A's fans just because I fucking hate Oakland, so it's fine. I know it's, you're very mean about that. I yeah. yeah, they were really mean when the Raiders came here, so I've got some deep seated feelings. It's fair. Things like, were, some things were said, and I know you kind of have. I don't, I mean, you know, people in Vegas, you've been there and you, you have connections through, you know, you're networking. Have you, have they said anything like what the ballpark was going to look like? Or Yeah. If, they've released some, some, some drafts. They've got the guy that's designing. It's the same guy that uh, designed. They just actually announced that like a couple of days ago. The guy that same guy that um, uh, designed Allegiant stadium, but uh, I know the boneyard, this is something I'm not sure if it's been reported publicly or not, but I know the boneyard, which is the, like all the old signs that they have over near Cashman field, yeah. which is like a, a little bit of a rough part. It's on the opposite side of the, uh, the 95 from Fremont that they're moving the boneyard to the Oakland athletics stadium site. So now you're going to be able to go through like the boneyard a, as part of the experience coming into the stadium. They've got a little area there. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's again, they're going to, this is something I've always said, if you're going to do it in Vegas, you're going to do it. You're going to probably be 35, 38,000 seats max. You want to keep a line. It's Vegas tradition. Always have a line. And you know, with it's like 18 and a half thousand, 19,000 at, at, you know, uh, elite or not at elite, but T-Mobile for the golden Knights sold out every night. If you can get something remotely close to that, I mean, anything, I mean, they're going to, if they end up playing at the aviators right here down the road, they see, I think they see like, uh, like 13,000 and that would be more than the A's four times what the A's bring in, even when during an interim season. But I think that the city, I think the city city is going to be fine here. I, I, I don't have, I feel bad for Oakland A's fans. You know, it's not necessarily their fault, but when they keep saying like, we always, their attendance, even winning while they were winning over the last 20, 25 years is horrendous. So it's not, it's, it's always when they're about to leave that people start getting like that anxiety of leaving. The Raiders were the same way. Raiders were a little bit different because they actually had like an insane following in, in uh, Oakland. But I think that they'll they'll find the place here. It's baseball. This is a baseball town. You know, hockey's been great here, but baseball here has always been king more than anything else. So I think that fans, you know, it, it, you have these, you have the casinos there. It's right there on the strip. It's indoors. Uh, it's it's going to be beautiful. It's going to be an experience. It's, they're going to Vegas the shit out of it. Imagine Major League Baseball with a Vegas flair. It's just something different. Um, it's going to be tourist heavy. I think that people will come here. You know, imagine coming to Vegas saying, hey, I'm going to block two and a half hours because remember the games are shorter, right? We got the pitch clock now. Mm-hmm. So games can come for two games and still, you know, have time to, in the, you know, do an afternoon game and still go out and enjoy the rest of the city at night. So, I mean, it can, it's going to work. Uh, it's, I just, I, I you, you feel worse for the fans that really care, but I also, I'm stoked, man. It, I'm going to be able to walk out my door, take an Uber, a really inexpensive Uber downtown and, watch the Cubs play a three-game series here in Las Vegas on a regular basis. I'll go see the White Sox. and go see Mike Trout here. I don't have to drive five hours to L.A., but you know what the best part is? 
No more stupid fucking MLB blackouts. So, well, you get bla- you'll get blacked out watching the Las Vegas game. Open. Only the messages in that chat when that happens. Only the Vegas games. Well, I'll be at the Cub game, so it doesn't matter. But the Vegas games will be blacked out. That's it. And so instead of seven franchises that are blacked out, which is roughly fourteen games a night, it'll be two. I'm good with that. That is brutal. It's Las Vegas and Iowa. Yeah, you can't tell the difference between the two, but Las Vegas and Iowa get the most MLB blackouts. Like per night, which is wild to me. It sucks, but, but that's probably my number one reason. <laughs> I'm selfish as fuck. Fizz, are you gonna get credentials? Uh I, I mean, it depends on who's gonna be running their uh, their media stuff. I mean, if Gemma goes from over at uh, with the Aviators, hell yeah, I mean, Kevin's gonna be running PR. Come yeah, on. I know, I know. Oh, we got. Hey, we actually had uh, Nate Hobbs in today for a, a thing. That was kind of cool from the Raiders. Line I. Yep. Oh, is he? Yeah, he is, isn't he? Yep. Yeah, right. Oh, right. All right. Now, Herb, it's up to you, but we're going to do a NASCAR minute right now. Oh, it's up to you if, if you if you want to stay. I'm staying. I know, I know you know the drill. I know you've seen it before. I highly doubt Jack is even still awake, but if you are, Jack, <laughs> this is your NASCAR minute. Hold on. I got to find the vid- shit. It's been a minute. You've been. It's been uh, a while. Yeah. yeah. I got that. Yeah. You ready? You ready? It's time for the NASCAR minute with NASCAR Mitch. Well, it's been a while since the last NASCAR minute, but we are just one race away from the playoffs. Playoffs, so things are heating up. We had two road course races right beforehand, and last week in Indy, Michael McDowell won, which made the cut line get a little bit smaller. So Bubba Wallace was hanging out of that last playoff spot by a thread. Uh, my guy, Daniel Suarez, was chasing him, which stunk because I like Bubba too, but I was hoping Suarez would knock him out of the playoffs. So they went to Watkins Glen International Speedway this week, and uh, boy, not a whole lot going on there. There was no cautions, uh, except for early in the race. My guy Suarez is in 10th. He spun after he hit a curb. That sent him all the way back down to 29th, and he couldn't get, uh, couldn't work his way back up. Now, the one good thing that came out of this was Chase Elliott. He broke his leg earlier in the year, so usually he's in the playoff mix. But he needed to win now to get in because he missed all those races. He's so many points down. The only way he could get in is by winning a race. And that didn't happen because they miscalculated his fuel. Uh, they told him to go an extra lap around. He ran out of fuel on the middle of the track, which brought out one of the only caution, I think the only caution of the race. Uh, but William Byron in the 24 car, he kind of ran away with it. But now it gets interesting because they head to Daytona, which is kind of a wild card race. Anyone could win. There's only one spot available. Bubba Wallace holds that spot right now. So we're going to see what happens because uh, Daytona always gets crazy. Well, I'm excited. It was a very boring week. You picked a bad week to have me back for the NASCAR Minute this week because it was a very boring race in Watkins Glen. But Daytona is going to be a good one. The next week should be a banger of a race. And, you know, at least Chase Elliott didn't win. Fuck that guy. That is your NASCAR Minute. Oh, hold on. Where's my guy? This I started drinking I at 6 a.m. We're here now. I don't know what time it is. But I'm rolling deep, and those cars are going real fast and real left, son. They're going fast and left. Fuck yeah. (laughs)
so much and there's your cash considerations I guy. that's the best reason to go to a nascar race because you immediately feel like the smartest person in the crowd like it's nice walking around being one of the only people with a college education i love it. oh we get to retire this picture by the way mola han we have so many pictures of han Molo we have han. to retire i almost oh, want to do like it. one of those uh sarah mclaughlin songs which is like a, a slideshow of all the han I mean, the commercial they played her in South Park that makes you want to like die with yeah, no, that's what I'm talking about. Like, the and just for two dollars a day, we won't kill puppies like that. Yeah, those commercials. But do we believe that he actually tried to quit? I think so. We talked about it, but you and Herb weren't here for that part. No, you and Herb weren't here for that part of the discussion. So I'd like to hear your two opinions on it. Do you guys Brian think Storff got on his lawn with like a stereo? Or <laughs> no, I think he got on his lawn with a lawyer and was like, you quit, but you ain't working in baseball again. Welcome to your non-compete clause, you fucking moron. But I don't know. Herb, you think he actually tried to quit? I think he did. And I don't know why he I know the reason why he was rebuked and Reinsdorf saying he has years on his contract and it wouldn't get another job in baseball if he did resign. But quit if you yeah. want to quit. And also, why are you allowing somebody to continue a job he doesn't want to do? Mom told me a long time yes. ago, never keep anyone that doesn't want to be kept. And in this situation, Rick didn't want to be kept. And my mom went it more for like relationships, but this is in this situation. Why are we keeping somebody who's not motivated to do the job, Robin Ventura? Why are we keeping somebody that doesn't want to do the job, Rick Hahn? You could see the effort you get out of the people who don't want to do the job. And so, if he wanted to quit, bye, man. Damn, this is my ain't team. the mafia. <laughs> it's my team. I'm hiring Tony Lewis if I want to. You should have quit. At that point, I said at the day, I'm like, I saw how he looked in the press conference with the Tony Larusa hiring. He should have quit on that day. Yes. The fact that he didn't tells me, well, I decided, I was like, this is on you too. If you are, you are a willing participant in your own pain. And so if you're going to stay here, you're going to get blamed for it. It's, as the face, the front facing voice of the White Sox, I'm going to blame you for most of the things that go wrong, even though it seems like Kenny was a power-hungry asshole to the bitter end. Yes. Yeah. And I just think he had a, a very tight non-compete clause in the contract. And so, Jerry, yeah, you can leave, but I'm not going to let you work in baseball. And But he's also a Harvard-educated, Harvard law-educated you would think, right. lawyer. He can go anywhere else. He can yeah, do he, any other lawyer job. Do you think he did, Mitch? So it's funny because I definitely wouldn't put it past the White Sox. And Robin Ventura is the first one I thought of, too, because I remember hearing he tried to quit in spring training and then Chris Salad trying to talk him back out of it. So it's like, yeah, you can definitely see it happen. But I don't know. At first, if I'm being honest, when it initially came out, I was like, I find it funny, like a coincidence. All these stories are coming out that paint Han in a sympathetic light. And knowing that he's a former lawyer, lawyer, I don't think it's much of a coincidence. So it might have very well happened, but I do think it's funny. It's all coming out when it is. And, you know, Han all of a sudden is looking like some sympathetic character. So I don't I'm not uh, I don't feel all that bad for him. 100 percent. There's, there's definitely optics at play here. There's optics oh, at play from PR teams 
on both sides, I'm sure that they've hired people to help with this image building shit. You know, this is going on right now. Like, so who's, who's got better uh, representation? I guess if I point. need someone to do a public spin zone, Rick Hans, the first guy I'm calling. <laughs> I mean, he can get that job easily. Someone can hire him. Just work for like BP oil. <laughs> yeah. Like seriously. And I'm sorry. I don't know why that was that big of a deal. I don't know exactly. what the whole the oil tank, uh, we didn't foresee spilling into the ocean, but uh, <laughs> you like the color that it's uh, turning the water, and uh, it'll make the ducks uh, build some character. We um, need we need Mitch as Andrew Vaughn's really showing leadership doing with PR it. for like horrific events. Yeah, history. different companies. <laughs> I don't know. I there's got to be more to that story. That's Mitch that's do the... Chernobyl. <laughs> well, uh, you know, nothing wrong with a couple of three-eyed frogs uh, in the water. Uh, what ecosystem are you going to see? Uh, three-eyed frog and uh honestly the population was becoming a bit too crowded anyway so really if you think about it we're helping the environment by reducing our carbon footprint with internal uh (laughs) isn't just very kind it's terrible that i wanted him to do the challenger uh (laughs) but i there's more to that some of the stories that came out i believe without question like the whole Kenny cussing out uh, Ryan McGuffey on the phone. Oh, absolutely. Uh, yelling at Cap for having him on the show and talking shit. Like, uh, oh, Herb. Oh, look at oh, her. Look at her. Oh, look Herb, at this. This is supposed to be the other way around. We're supposed to send you the check for a kind Yeah, of look at that. That. that is a, a <laughs> pro's pro. Thank you, Herb. That's Thank awesome, man. But I don't know. It is a shitty organization. And to Aldo and Fids, I promise you next week we will talk about the team in the actual playoff race. Oh, Clip that. This is this Clip is the news that. of the week. I promise you we no, will. This is this is good though, dude, because this what? is cathartic for all you guys. He's not on the team anymore. There's no reason to talk Cubs. Okay, there's, there's, no, 30, yeah. there's 35 more meaningful games left for the Cubs right now. What's what's one night on a one one week of just focusing on you guys getting your freedom well, from from Molahan? Aldo has said it many times, and it couldn't be more true than it is now. This White Sox team knows how to make shit interesting. Despite it is just White Sox. This is a male. (laughs) This is like my soap opera right now. This is my Real Housewives of the South Side. This is my everything. (laughs) I mean, this is unbelievable. And for a team that absolutely fucking sucks, this has kept our attention. I haven't seen White Sox Twitter more alive than what they were on Tuesday night. Like I want to know who Kenny like threw his drink at, like when he got fired. Like what was? Because I think I, they were on the field, right? You like, know who I am. I'm still here. No, no, Ken, you're fired. Debo, don't you yeah. remember? Yeah. <laughs> I feel like Kenny's the type of guy that they told him, and I brought in Jim Tomey. Damn it! He just he did one of these where he pulled his phone and just pulled up the old bank accounts because you know there's multiple, and was just like, <laughs> "All right, peace. Like I'm good." Just like, all right. I'm out. Yeah. Hey, thanks, Jordan. Shout out. Didn't even write a, a comment. Just threw the f- a, a solid Chris $5 bill can change a man's attitude. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, you guys got anything else? I think two two hours and 20 minutes is a good run for tonight. Good therapy uh, session. Good therapy. I actually feel a lot better. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I was just going to quickly read a chapter from The Great Gatsby. Just hold on. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, Herb, as always, man, you know, we're always love to have you come and hang out. 
Uh, I know the vibe here is a little different than some of the other shows. We like to keep it a little bit more laid back. So you're always welcome to come by, shoot the shit with us. Um, Eating brethren. And I guess we'll we'll, we'll act like a, an actual professional show for a minute. Herb, why don't, you, Herb, why don't you tell everybody where they can find your work? Um, Sean Anderson, myself, and Vinny Duber on CHGO White Sox. Um, we do a daily podcast Sunday. Well, in the offseason, we're going to go to Monday through Friday. But uh, right now, it's whenever the White Sox finish those terrible games they play. Mm-hmm. Um, and Hector Wall 23 on Twitter. And yes. in the interim, and I think Aldo was asking earlier too, if the White Sox were to leave and go to Nashville, I would be a Cub fan instantly. And I know it's hard for people Ooh. to hear. Clip that. A Cub fan immediately. <laughs> if you like, do clip it, it give sp- all context. Sp- it, but yes. it would so spite Jerry Reinsdorf that a White Sox fan would go to the Cubs. I would do it out of spite. I think I might okay. become a Reds fan. Chicago dog. Milwaukee's too far for me, even though it's only what uh, two hours away. Yeah. Cubs are literally. I see the Cubs. I see Wrigley Field from my window every day. I'm come on, Mitch. I, I know. Gonna, I know gonna, Mitch loves the Cubs. We're gonna clip that though. With like, you're gonna you're somewhere in this conversation. You're gonna say like the if the sun comes up tomorrow, and then we're gonna clip that with and just we should clip the, just clip this comment though because I'm laughing. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking yeah, dog. <laughs> it could go so many ways there. It really could. Yeah, I, I, think I don't know how to take that. I, I've tried, a relationship is I've question. tried on a couple different occasions to like be a Brewers fan, like get into it. I just can't do it. I just yeah, not I, many people can. I mean, it, it's something about how I know they the, all the Brewers ownership is talking about moving. Yeah. They're like they might go to Nashville. See, that makes sense. <laughs> that Nashville's yeah, that, just the same amount of people as mm-hmm. Milwaukee. Yeah, that that actually makes way more sense than the White Sox going to Nashville. That would be hilarious for like it would be such perfect for a White Sox fan's misery. Like they change teams, they change to Brewers fans, and then they just leave in two years. <laughs> One less syllable if they go down there, it'll be Nashville. I mean, I always do my my different National League team every year, so I don't know. It's just I think I would still be a Sox fan, but Herb, you brought up an interesting point. Just I don't know how I can continue to support something that Jerry Reinsdorf is a part of. That's in a different state that I don't exactly particularly like. And no, I've been to Nashville. It's out of the cities in uh, Tennessee, probably my favorite, but still in Tennessee, which is yeah, a state I, I where my dad was born, and I still don't like it. Yeah, I I thoroughly enjoy Nashville. You just got to stay off the strip and in those like super popular bars like princes 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 yeah. princes, oh, princes princes you gotta go day. off princes. broadway no oh. see that's what i'm saying don't go to don't go to twitter <laughs> Mitch. Mitch is like that's exactly where that's i'm headed to right now yeah. my, i've never been but they sponsored daniel suarez so they don't go money. if you go like just on second avenue off of uh broadway there there's a lot of better like smaller bars that are just as fun uh at the very end of Broadway, there's like uh, I think it's called the Nashville Brew House or something. You can get something called a Bushwhacker. It's basically just an alcohol milkshake, and it just it'll it, it's it gets your day going. Say you that. Can buy, <laughs> you can buy weed from the bartender at Gold Rush too. I, <laughs> yep, and everybody knows you can take the third bus down to Fifth Street. I'm sorry, but anyways, <laughs> and when Zoe she- is ready for the move, Zoe's been like secretly out of board <laughs> since this story. Zoe's got geotags everywhere. I like right. Nashville. I'm a we. I'm a fan of Nashville. Uh, 
Airbnbs are well, they used to be cool. I know they suck. Airbnbs suck now, but and some bar by Vanderbilt oh, by the by the Pantheon. Oh, I know, I by I know the Pantheon. Like, about. like a little when, shit hole in the wall it was awesome. There's another one that has, I think it's called like the Red Door because it has a red door. It's not just a clever name. Uh, that's kind Patterson of like Vanderbilt. Good. That's a lot of fun. They got like a, a spin the wheel and whatever it lands on, you got to do type thing there with drinks. Isn't there a sports bar that's got like two halves and one that there's like one half is like, like a, like a make fun of them, like a loser's bar. And then the other side is winner's bar. I think that it's I'm like, I'm not aware of. I feel like well, last time I was there, there was like a, it was like split in half. It was weird. But if you ever go to Nashville, without a doubt, my favorite pregame bar to start your night out is called Buffalo Billiards. Buffalo it's Billiards. above the Coyote Ugly, but it's nice big leather chairs, TVs everywhere, pool tables, golden tea. It's never crowded. You can do whatever the fuck you want. Good drinks, cheap, play good music the whole time. They don't do the live karaoke, so it's not, you know, the next Taylor Swift up there trying to belt her little heart out to get noticed. It's actual, like, decent variety of music and yeah, I like. I'm a big Buffalo Billiards guy. I don't even know if it's still there, to be honest with you. But Zell that, has that already ordered spot. his uh, Nashville White Royals jersey. I'm. <laughs> fuck, I was with you until he's you said the White Royals. You're not your <laughs> But I know Nashville's. I like that city, but not the name White Royals because they their stomping ground. They love Jay Cutler there. At least last when I was there, they hate they hate the guys from Kings of Leon though. Know that. I asked that. He's a dick. Yeah, dog, you have gone off the rails in these comments, boy. I have no idea what this guy is talking about now. Circus Circus? Isn't Circus Circus in Vegas? Last I checked. Yeah, so I don't know. But I I tried to end this show like 10 minutes ago, so that's probably (laughs) what I should have done. All right, so Herb, again, thank you for coming on. Uh, Mitch, always appreciate you covering us in for 15 minutes. Uh, for Fids and Aldo, I am Zoe. Uh, thank you, everybody. We appreciate it. Go Nashville White Royals. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see you guys oh, next week. This Padres bitch is shitting bricks right now. Why? Because Danny fucking Burgess is up and back. Guy just started Shake Shack straight to the dugout. Rebuild of the favorites. We here for the latest. South side or the north side. Not tuned to the greatest. Home team for the home teams. Both sides got our own rings. On the mound or the long ball. But we don't put the wrong strings. Yeah. It's that time of the year now. Wrigley or Gantee, so the whole league that we hear now. New show with a new mood. Discussions and interviews. Trade rumors that might be. This is Pinwheels and Knife. Yeah. This is what you waiting for, yeah. You can put it on the boy, yeah. Every season, make it all change. Take me out to the bar game. This is what you waiting for, yeah. You can put it on the boy, yeah. Every season, make it all change. Take me out to the bar game. This is what you waiting for, yeah. You can put it on the boy, yeah. Every season, make it all change. Every season, make it all change. Take me out to the ball game.